Wealthy Author Podcast, episode 53, How to Sell Yourself and Become Rich with Tim Motivator Williams. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Author Podcast. I am your host, D. Orlando Fortune. This is a show about business and authors. With the growing demand for information, entrepreneurs must learn how to turn their ideas into words on a page that bring in cash and share a unique message. This podcast brings you the strategies, tips, and bars to do just that and do it well using a book. Wealthy Author Fam, this is one of the best offers I've created. It's my new book, The 4-Hour Book, and I'm practically giving it away. For only $7, you get the ebook, the audiobook, and $189 in bonus materials to help you write your first book or your next book. Go to fourhourbook.com forward slash letter, L E T T E R, to get your digital copy right now. And within minutes, you have access to download the book and your bonuses. Now, look. I know everyone cannot afford to hire me to ghostwrite their book or manage their entire book project. Plus, I don't have the bandwidth to take on every author I meet. Now, I wish I could, but I still want to help you become a wealthy author. So I put my best strategies and tactics into the four-hour book so that you can write the book you need to write for your business. And if you prefer listening to your books, you get the bonus audiobook of me reading the book to you as one of my gifts to you. Plus, you get my signature book formula checklist to keep you on track as you go on your author journey. And you get the signature book profit matrix to plan out your book sales funnel. Because we all know a book doesn't make you rich, but it does take you to the riches. And then you get a couple of over-the-shoulder recordings of me showing you how to record your book, get it transcribed, and self-edited. <laughs> Yo, I'm shaking my head right now because I might be over-delivering. And here's the thing. I'm okay with it. You deserve to become an author. So go to 4hourbook.com forward slash letter, L-E-T-T-E-R, and start your author journey today. So a quick announcement before we get into this interview, it is being released posthumously. Uh, the gentleman who we're interviewing in this, I'm interviewing in this interview, he died uh, just about two months ago as of this release. Oh, it's a sad thing. It seemed like he was a great guy from the times that I've spoken with him on the phone and from the people that I have met. Uh, or should have read about who have met him all speak highly of him great guy um so a lot of the links you see that that he gave to me that you're going to hear about in this episode they are not active right now i do have a copy of his book and it's a really good book y'all um but the book is still available on amazon okay so that book is still actually available on amazon that is his book but the other links to his direct pages, to his trainings, to his, to his swag line, t-shirts and stuff, they, they are not available, even though you're gonna hit a mention, social media is not up necessarily for you to post or comment with them. Um, 
But I, went, I spoke to his sister and I told her I wanted to release this episode anyway. She was like, go for it. He was all about his business and his message, so please do. So here we go. Let's get introduction before we get into this episode. All right. So um, four things we want to point out before we get into the episode. That is that you're going to hear a story. Okay. First off, okay. Tim loves his stories. And he's like a lot of the, the great speakers you hear coming on that lineage of like Les Brown and such where he doesn't make a point without telling a story and every story he tells has a point so we ask him a question he goes into telling a story before he comes out with his point so there's stories all throughout this episode <laughs> and I didn't cut anything from it this is just a nice uh lengthy conversation with a lot of me just listening to him tell his stories okay to answer the questions that I've asked him but he does give a story about how he goes to college. He gets his college paid for by being bribed. Okay, his grandparents bribe him with a car to get him there. Um, and you can hear more about what, why that happened and what happened as a result of going to college, how it actually changed his life. Okay, so he got a car and more out of going to college, right? And graduating, I should say. You're also going to hear a story about um, how Tim's first book led to a speaking engagement within a week. So he there was some hesitation with publishing his first book. He wanted to make it so perfect that he kept holding on to it. Plus, some other things happened with the book before it got published. You'll hear about that. what happened there also that made it difficult for him to publish the book. But he, got, he overcame those th those difficulties. And within, uh, within a week of publishing his book, he's got one speaking engagement. And then that one leads to another one. Then that leads to another one. And that leads to another. It was over and over from that book. He would send it out to people and do other things like that, where his book led him to other opportunities. And you're going to hear that multiple times as we get as you get into this conversation. I also talk about this. Uh, I like this idea that Tim likes to, Tim likes to do things where he would change the model that's out there that's working. And I don't mean change the model as in like, this ain't working, I gotta do something completely different. He's like, oh, that works. Hmm, how would I do it? And he would try to shift it and make an improvement or just put his little spin on it without taking away from the core thing. See, sometimes, and, I, and I'm a similar type of person where I will see like, oh, everybody's doing this. Well, I don't wanna do what everybody else is doing, so I'm gonna do it a little bit differently, okay? That's the reason why I was like, a lot of my friends, um, would love to have like Cadillacs and stuff, right? I'm like, I'm not getting a Cadillac. I'm getting a Lincoln <laughs> because I want to be contrarian. I'm that type of guy. I also, the similar thing is I was going with Android while my friends was, you know, and a lot of people were going towards iPhones and all that. So I'm like, you know what? Not, not only am I going to get Android, I'm going to get a Samsung. I'm not going to get way off brand, but I'm going to get the Samsung and proudly get Samsung everywhere. Okay, um, there you are, you iPhone users. It's all good. I love iPhones and everything too. But anyway, that's what I. That's how I am. I'm gonna be different instead of. So I even have a micro a Microsoft computer. Okay, but this is not about me. Just just my point. He's similar in that he is gonna see what everyone else is doing. Is like, how can I go a step above that? How can I take that, master it, and then switch it up a little bit and put my spin on it? And he has what he call what I'm calling the reverse speech method. Uh, for speaking to small audiences because I didn't ask him what he calls his method. He just talked about this is what I like to do instead of what everybody else does. And I call it the reverse speech method. I just think it's a cool name. 
And I'm going to start using it for when I start working with small audiences because it's just kind of cool. It's kind of the approach that you hear. Are you, if you've ever been on a Ask Me Anything, um, if you've seen any of those Ask Me Anything, um, the AMAs like on live streams, on Instagram, uh, back on um, Periscope, if you remember Periscope Dave's days, Facebook, things of that nature. Now you're doing some things. Uh, that on YouTube or is ask me anything. It's a similar to that is what he's you call it, what I'm naming the reverse speech method. You hear about how why he does his speaking, why he did his speaking the way he did it, and how it was more powerful and and empowering to his audience. And finally, how to find a team of interns for free. How to find a team of interns for free. It blew my mind um, that I had heard that. The strategy from different people and different ways of getting it done. So the fact that I heard it on the interview just was like, all right, obviously I need to do this. More people are doing this in than I want to give credit to. Um, and I was like, how did I not know this? I'm out here trying to find somebody from Taiwan or wherever <laughs> to pay them in $3 an hour, right? And provide them a good living and having me an expert that's mastered, you know, t emails or whatever maybe that I need to, that person to do. And here this is someone uh, that I can get a team of for free. Okay, well, you'll hear about it here in this episode. But that's enough inter introduction um there's plenty of stories in here y'all plenty of things to keep you engaged a lot of these funny little quips that he i don't know if he's creating them on the spot or what he was doing but he had these nice little quips to remind to keep you keep in mind the messages that he was that he is presenting all throughout the story um and all throughout this interview so let's get into it all right y'all welcome to welcome to welcome to another episode of the wealthy author podcast and of course, we have another magnificent author on today's episode, um, Mr. Timothy, the Motivator Williams. One I don't know. Only. I'm supposed to say Motivator. I'm supposed to like nah, it, the louder the better. Talk <laughs> loud, draw crowds. <laughs> there you go. I know Motivator Williams. We have in the house here today. Uh, we're trying to get this brother on the phone uh, on a on a Zoom call. I should say for a while now. When when I first came across his book and I was like, this is interesting for watching some of his videos and was like, this brother knows what he's doing about here. Um, so I really, and yeah, I, I'm gonna let him tell his story. So let me go ahead and mm -hmm. uh, get, get a short intro and then we're gonna get right into it and, and mm -hmm. let you do your thing, man. I'll let you do okay. your thing. So Timothy, okay. the motivator Williams is an author, business sales strategist, a motivational speaker and an expert sales trainer. Yo, yes. um, Timothy, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. And those for y'all, you can't, of course, you can't see it. This is Motor, M-O-T-O-R, Vader. So um, bring it, there it is, there it is, sell yourself and become rich. There we go. And you're gonna see, uh, we're gonna get into why you chose that name. I'm definitely gonna ask where that came about. But before mm -hmm. we get started, of course, I love to start off with a simple little, uh, a little softball pitch here. What are you reading now? Oh man, I'm reading. And this, I'm, I'm gonna have to really totally be honest with you. I'm I'm a multitasker and task switcher, so I never just do one thing. It just depends on my mood at that moment. You know, it's so many different books I have. You know, in my phone. You know, um, contagious. Um, I mean, I can't even. It's so many, man. I'm I I download way more than I have a chance to read. 
that's the that's the bad thing, man. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. This is gonna sound arrogant, mm-hmm. but when I get I get that question a lot, and I'm like I'm a real perfectionist, mm-hmm. and I found that out by reading my horoscope. I don't know. I was always wondering why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. To give you an idea how much a perfectionist I am, I had an idea for this book in mm-hmm. 2005. Didn't finish it till 13. Mm-hmm. Didn't put it on Amazon till 20. So if you yeah, want to know really what I'm reading, because I found it off the website, it wasn't on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> I was afraid to put it out. I'm like, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And I, I definitely get you on the um, having a lot of books more than I read. Because did you? Okay, you have on Google on your Google Drive, you have Google Play Books, right? And so mm-hmm. you can just upload books into there. Mm-hmm. There's a limit. I didn't know there was a limit. Oh, you can man. only go to a thousand books. That's <laughs> oh, how man, I that's found crazy. out. Oh man. <laughs> I got a thousand oh, books man. at one. And of course, if you got a Gmail, you got about four or five, six Gmail accounts. So exactly. I just switched over to a new Gmail account. Start exactly. Filling, <laughs> start oh filling. man, I don't like limits. Oh man, I don't like limits. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, nah, I hear you, man. I hear that. you on that. I was so, like, what? Why can't it upload? Okay, exactly. no worries, no worries. So mm-hmm. as we're going to transition to, let's go ahead and start talking about this book and start talking mm-hmm. about your business and Get, and wow. definitely get some of these, these sales tips you uh, want to share with us, share with the audience here um, mm-hmm. as we move forward. But so go ahead and tell us about your business. And then, of course, mm-hmm. more importantly, why you do what you do. Yeah, I'm going I'm to start from the beginning. You know, my mm-hmm. background is automotive sales. And the way it really started was I was at a car dealership and a lot of people don't know. And I try to give them a lot of insights on the background and the behind the scenes of car dealerships. Um, not really negative, just to help them. And they have a thing where they hire salespeople, which most companies have, but most dealerships have this, where they put them on a 90-day probation. And what they normally do is they bring you in and they give you very little to no training. And after 90 days, they fire them. Mm. And so one day I went to my manager and I kept seeing these guys come in. They'll hire four or five, 90 days, fire them. Hire four or five more, fire them. And so I'm making friends with these guys. The next thing I know, I'm like, where's such and such? Did he quit? Oh, no, he got fired. Then I'm, where's such and such? He got fired. I'm like, man, what's going on? And so it kind of really bothered me because I'm like, these guys coming in looking for a job and a career to take care of their families. Right. And they're not, if you don't train them, how are they going to know what to do? And that's any job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you don't tell me how to work. The, yeah. If you don't have tell, show me rather how to work the register at Walmart or McDonald's. I'm going to keep messing up. Mm-hmm. So I went to my manager one day and I said, hey, man, I said, you keep hiring these guys, but you don't train them. He said, well, I'm just looking for that diamond in the rough. I said, well, polish them. <laughs> I'll listen to you. But I was always that type of person. I mean, you know, I just, I, I just, you put your pants on one leg like mine. So I speak my mind. I've always been like that. And so what happened was, this is kind of interesting. And hopefully I can bring it all out mm-hmm. is in my mind, I said, I want to train some salespeople. So they won't get fired. Mm-hmm. But I never went to them, you know, like, hey, man, I can help you if you need any help. I didn't do that. I just put it in my mind. It took me years later to really hone this. And one guy, I was sitting at my desk and I'm always busy. So that means the landlord phone is ringing. My cell phone is ringing. I'm emailing something. I'm checking the facts. I'm just all day. Hey, OK, I sent the facts. Hey, I sent the email. This is like this is just the way I work. And so one guy came to my desk and he did this. 
He watching me stand up, do this. Hey, okay, I'll be right there. He's watching me. Mm-hmm. And so I had finally got a little break. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm thinking he got a question. He said, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm working. What are you talking about? He said, no. He said, I come to work every day. I stand outside and people come in looking for you all day. And he said, every day you're selling three cars. Mm-hmm. People come in, they look for you, they leave in a car. Hey, I'm looking for Tim. Hey, I'm looking for Tim. Hey, I'm looking for Tim. He said, are you on the phone? You're doing it. He said, what, how? He was basically asking me, how are you doing what you're doing? Mm, but he right. said, what are you doing? So he was like, what are you doing? How are you? know, He couldn't really get it out. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, be here in the morning at eight o'clock. We're supposed to be here at nine because we have a meeting mm-hmm. every day at nine. I said, I would train you for an hour because at nine, I'm too busy. I don't have time. I said, not that I don't want to. I said, but I just have so many people coming in. I wouldn't have time to do it. I said, but if you be here at eight, I'll know you're serious. And the next morning he came in at eight mm. and I started training him. Within a week, he started selling. So now he was outside with the other four or five guys that they just hired. So now he's not outside anymore. He's at his desk on the phone doing different things. And so the guys come to him and say, hey, man, where you been? You know, we ain't seen you all day. He said, this was like after about a week now. So he uh-huh. said, hey, that guy, Tim, has been training me. See, they come in at nine, so they don't know he's there at eight. And then at nine, we have a meeting. Mm-hmm. So he didn't tell him. He was too busy to even tell him that I'm training. So he said, that guy, Tim, been training because he started selling cars. And, and they're like, hey, man, what's going on? You out here waiting with us, not doing nothing. And so the, one of the guys, after watching him, he came at eight o'clock. <laughs> now, it's five of them. Okay. Within a week, he started selling. So this happened like the third guy came, the fourth mm-hmm. guy came. And I started really talking to him like, hey, man, I'm doing this to help you. You got families, you got babies, you need diapers, you got rent, you got this. I said, I'm not, they're not paying me to do this. I'm just so frustrated with seeing you guys get fired because the place you're at, I was there. Mm -hmm. But the difference with me is I took the initiative. I was the type of person that would go to Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles. As soon as they opened on Sundays, because that was the only day I had to stay there all day because we were closed at 10 and I would leave at 6. I would buy books. This is back in the day. I'm talking about VCR days, 92, <laughs> 93. Yeah, VCRs. You know okay, yeah. Exactly. So that's how I came and I learned. And I used to actually, and I put this in my book, I used to kind of annoy people that were good salespeople. And I would ask them, man, I would ask them just like this. Hey, man, what's the key to, the, to sales? How do I make a lot of money? How do I sell a lot of cars? Before they could answer, I'm asking four or five questions. I was just so hungry. I wanted to know. And they were like, slow down, calm down. Mm-hmm. And then they would, as soon as they would answer the question, I would ask them again. And then I used to peek around the, the offices where they couldn't see when I used to eavesdrop and mm-hmm. listen to what they would say to customers. And so I was that type of person where everybody else would come in on Monday, talk about Sunday night football. And I could care less. I'm here. I'm just, I was no, hungry. Man. And so when I started training guys, one of the guys said this to me, and it was years after I actually took action on it. He said, man, you could do this for a living. I'm like, do what? Like, you need to train people. I'm like, dude, I'm a car salesman. I don't even know how to start a sales. I didn't. And so years after that, I moved to Atlanta. And then it just, for some reason, I couldn't even sleep. It would be this echo. You need to do this for a living. I could not get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the bookstore and kind of tried to figure it out. Then YouTube came and I'm just trying to start, you know what I'm saying? How do I actually do this? Mm-hmm. Here I am. Excellent. Love it, love it, love it. And I love the fact that um, this, the, the, not only the book, but the, the sales training. Um, and so for the, for, for my listeners, they, 
may not know that the, at the core of the word sales is uh, the meaning is to serve. Um, and what I hear, heard in your story, not only was you wanting to serve your customers, that's why you had so many people coming mm -hmm. in and wanting mm -hmm. you to serve, serve them or sell them something, mm -hmm. but that you wanted to serve your other, your coworkers. And some people, I'm not going to ask your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. Some people would look at that as like, why would I teach the competition? Um, but you, but you said that you wanted to, you knew they had mouths to feed and you wanted to do that. So, but still, mm -hmm. that's still like mm -hmm. selling the, mm -hmm. isn't that still selling the competition or did you not mm -hmm. think of it that way when you were starting to help? I never, I never thought about that. And I thought about that. And that's actually interesting. You asked me that because out of all the interviews I've done, nobody's really asked me and I've wanted somebody asked me that and they would ask me other questions and I would never really segue to, to answer it without them asking me that. Mm -hmm. There, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of successful people, mm -hmm. when they like been in my position and people have helped them, that's their way of giving back. Yeah. So it's really not about the money. You know, yeah. it's about like, I have a motto, you know, my motto is make a difference while making money, but it's never really <laughs> about the money. But when you make enough difference and it's enough value, people are going to pay you. Cause like they're just they feel good to like, dude, I gotta pay you. I mean, if you see somebody on the side of the road, you change like a woman's flat tire and it's raining. She like obligated, hey, I, hey, hey, fortune, I gotta pay you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You change my tire in the rain. And so that's the way I've always been. Is and it took me years to really become where I'm at now. Is that self awareness of okay, mm. why am I doing this? These guys are competition, and 99.9% .9 of people at any sales company, real estate, it doesn't matter where you're at. If it's commission, Verizon, T-Mobile, it doesn't matter. That's what they do. They it's think like, why would I train this person? That's competition. But now this is going to sound arrogant. I work so much and I'm so good that you're really not competition. Mm -hmm. My thing is I'm going to train you and I'm going to beat you, but I'm not really <laughs> trying to beat you. It's Say just that something again. that's going to happen. <laughs> And I will train you, and I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> now, I just need now, better competition. To, exactly, but here's the thing: I have to explain that. I can't say yep. something without really explaining, yep. like a situation that happened. And this mm -hmm. is an actual situation. I was at a car dealership, and I saw this guy putting business cards on windshields on Saturdays. And so, and this is I'm doing the business, and I'm asking him, "Hey, man, why are you doing that?" He said, "Well, tell people come out here on Sundays and they look at cars." And they might grab the cards and give me a call. And so I'm always the type of person where I always take an idea. I never copy it. I just take it to another level and I never stop. I just keep improving it. Just like our phones. They had the three. Now they got the 22 iPhone. They just keep improving the phone. And that's why I am with ideas. And so I just thought about that, thought about that. And the next day, what I did was I actually planned it because I took my briefcase uh, home. I went to work on Sunday. Now we're closed. The car dealership is closed. I dressed for work, had my briefcase, had applications, pens, highlighters, business cards. I had everything. And so I said, well, people go to church on Sunday. Let me think. I said, well, I'm going to stay from about two to five. Mm -hmm. I went in and I just, I didn't bother people. When they walked up, I gave them a card and I left them alone because most people don't want to be harassed. They just want to look without any pressure. That's and why they're coming on Sunday after exactly. hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I already knew this, but I didn't know until now that I was really thinking like a seller is supposed to think. And I would just give them a card. I would leave them alone. And somebody else would come out and then they would come to me and say, hey, what's the price on that? Or what's the model? They would start asking questions. And what happened was on Monday, I would sell three cars. 
So what happened was... That's the way to start the week yeah, off right but there. This, but people don't know. This is what happened. Some people will come in on Saturday and sometimes either their bank or credit union will be closed. So they will have to go there Monday, check it out, whatever, or go get a check or whatever. They say, I'm going to go. You know what I'm saying? I've already checked, but now I'm going to tell them I want this car. So they'll come back Monday with a check. But Sunday, people will come in and this guy, <laughs> I had a customer and I was selling them. And this guy came in my office and said, hey, Tim, you got a customer over there waiting for you. I said, okay, tell him, I'll tell him I'll be right with him in just a minute. So he was talking to the customer because what most salesmen do is they try to take your sale. Mm. Since you're busy, let me go ahead and take part of the sale. And he was talking to the customer. I'm going to get into why you can't, I can't take mine. What happened was the lady <laughs> told him, oh, yeah, um, I talked to Tim on Sunday. It was just small talking. So he told him, the salesman, I talked to Tim on Sunday. And the salesman corrected her. He was like, no, we're closed on Sunday. You talked to Tim Saturday. She said, no, I was here Sunday. He was here. So he couldn't get it wrapped in his head that what the world Tim doing up here. So he told the lady Saturday, she said, no, Sunday, I was here yesterday. So my customer left and the other customer came and I sat him down. So he kind of was like, come here, man, come here. So I stepped that off and he said, that lady said you was here Sunday. I said, I was here. She was like, you were here Sunday? We were closed. I said, no, you were closed. Mm. So he kind of started getting kind of like a little attitude with me. And I said, okay, I'm thinking to myself, okay, let me go ahead and shut you up. I said, let me tell you something. <laughs> I got to tell you, I got to make this short sweet because I got to get to my customers. Because I got another customer that already called me, they're coming. Mm -hmm. So I got to get them out, get them out, and get them out. And I said, set let up me for tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. I said, let me explain something to you. I said, I do more work while you're asleep than you do while you're awake. <laughs> Bars! Okay, look. <laughs> I need you to repeat that slowly for those who just didn't hear it when it just went right past their ear. You do more work. Well, I do more work. Uh -huh. I told him, I said, I do more work while you're asleep mm -hmm. than you do while you're awake. <laughs> now, now, what what happened? now what happened? What, is, what do you do? Like, I know his whole face just got tight. <laughs> he could he was speechless couldn't say mm -hmm. nothing but mm -hmm. see that's part of my goal i gotta leave you speechless because i don't have time to eat conversate with you i got a customer <laughs> here waiting on me so that's part of what the genius part of it mm -hmm. and so i gotta explain that i used to i don't do it now because i had hired people i used to go to sleep like early eight thirty nine o'clock and wake up about 2 a.m mm -hmm. and i used to do letters for my customers, this was back okay. before email and all of that. I used yeah. to mail letters and do postcards. I used to mm -hmm. do that from 2 to 5 a.m. and then get ready for work. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember going to the grocery store, they used to give us these brown bags? Yeah. Groceries. I used to fill one up every day with envelopes. Okay. Okay. Take them in. They would stamp them. I did that every day. Well, so you were, and you were just paying for just a, the letter, the paper, and the envelope. They were mailing them off for you. Or how they were work? paying for the paper. They were paying for the envelopes. The dealership provided. You just had to that. put your time in it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So my thing is, why not? If they're paying for the envelopes, they're giving me the stationery. Mm hmm. I'm copying on their copy machine. Mm hmm. They order the business cards, which I order mine now because mine are personalized. Mm -hmm. Because back then they used the white cars. Mm -hmm. Cars, I've never used those. My business card has my picture on it, and on the back of it, it says, If we refer a friend or a relative, I will pay you $200. Absolutely. Salesmen and even real estate, they just have a white business card and nothing's on the back. My thing is that back of that card is real estate. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Put something on there. And that's what I did. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, so, okay. Now I got, now we got to go a little bit deeper before we get into uh, uh, 2000, was I think you said three when you first started? You first started writing it? When I first uh, started? When, when I first you first started, started writing, uh, you first, started, first started writing the book. Before we get 2005. into that. 2005, 2005, okay. Um, before we get there, you're talking about 90s up until this point. You you perfecting these systems. You're starting to teach these systems eventually. Um, but there's something that has created this drive, right? Something mm-hmm. has built up this like I, this attitude of I'm gonna make it happen. Period. Whatever it takes um, mm-hmm. to make me better, I'm going to go mm-hmm. do that. So can, mm-hmm. what was that? What was that? What do you believe? What was that moment that you believe in your life that kind of switched? Like I need to. I got to go do me and I got to do me to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, I had two um, situations that happened. Mm-hmm. One way before I even got into sales. And I have to tell this to help a lot of people. When I was in high school, all the way from, I guess, elementary to high school, I got bad grades all through school. Mm. I was totally unfocused, totally unfocused. So for 12 years, I didn't think I was smart at all, period. Mm-hmm. My grandparents is really the catalyst that helped me to get to where I'm at. Because my grandmother told me, she's like, well, um, after high school, you're going to college. And it, I thought it was a question. I said, no, she <laughs> said, no, I'm not, I'm not asking you. Cause she was kind of like, I have to tell people and people that know her would say, yeah, you're right. She was like Medea. She told her the pistol everywhere she went. She didn't play the radio <laughs> everywhere. I got plenty of pistol stories where she pulled it out in the mall, this on the white lady. I mean, just, I got plenty of stories. So she said, no, you're not listening to me said you're going she said i know you're going because my grandparents always owned their own business mm-hmm. my grandmother was a retired soldier nurse my grandfather was a mathematician mm-hmm. and so they opened up stores and at the they had a convenience store in the back she taught sewing knitting and quilting okay yeah these actual classroom chairs where you sit down and had the desk that come across mm-hmm. and she had sewing machines on them and this okay. is i'm four five years old then they open up a daycare then they open up a retirement center they've always been in business and she told me one day, she said, you're going to college. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm getting bad grades in high school. I'm going to get worse grades in college because college is tougher. She was like, let me explain something to you. You don't do homework. You don't bring books home. You, all you want to do is play basketball and chase girls at the mall. She said, you do not know how smart you are because you haven't applied yourself. Ooh, that's and she was telling that. me, exactly. She was telling me that. And she and then years later, I figured out that, you know, what I tell people now that it's difficult to see the picture when you're in the frame. Mm-hmm. So what she was doing was seeing me just growing up doing things that I was smart. But when I went to school, I just I just couldn't I couldn't get it. And her and my grandfather one day, because I mean, we had stomped down arguments. I mean, I'm slamming the door. I'm not going. I'm yelling, hollering because I'm like, you forcing me to go somewhere I don't want to go. And mm-hmm. I tell people in my mind, going to college was almost like prison. Mm. And I tell people when I go out and speak, I said, who in here wants to go to prison for two to four years? And the way you shake your head and you thinking, that's how I felt about college. I mean, I was literally feeling I don't want to go. And her and my grandfather one day called me in the living room, I'm in the uh, dining room. And she said, um, me and my grandfather talked. And we know you don't want to go to college. Hmm. You don't think you're smart. But if you do. And you bring home a diploma, don't have to be straight A's. Upon graduation, we will buy you a brand new car. And since this is what I have to tell, this is what I have to tell people. 
all I heard before a car was wah, 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 because I'm sitting there like this. Uh-huh. And then they, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, repeat that again? What uh-huh. did you say about the car? Because I wasn't listening because we've had these conversations over and over. And I went to my bedroom, looked in the mirror and said, hey, can you do this? You're going to get a car now. <laughs> I went back. I shook their hand. I said, let's do it. I went to college and I mean, mm-hmm. I studied. I studied my butt off to the point. Now you talking about somebody when I was in high school, you send me up to the chalkboard to do a problem. I'll be there all class. I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. You talking about a person. I'm in college. One day, the professor got called to go to the office. Mm-hmm. As soon as he walked out the room, I stood up, went to the chalkboard. Now, I went to school for computer repair. Okay. Classes, electronics technology. These is not easy classes. We're talking about Wait, so I say, wait a minute. You went from, I'm not, I'm barely gra- getting through my high school to like, I'm going to pick one of the hardest subjects. And this is in the early days of still putting up, still exactly. understanding how to put together exactly. computers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I thought... My thought process was in the year 2000, cars are going to be flying. This, this, and this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the Jetsons going and all that. The money's at. The money's at computers. I said, that, yeah. I don't know if I can do it, but that's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sense. taking robotics, drafting, and we got schematics. If you ever look inside of your phone or your TV or your computer, that's what we were doing. And we had diagrams. Mm-hmm. And so the, the professor walked out. And as soon as he walked out, I got up and I went to the board and I started off where he finished. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about my friends, because this school, it was probably, it was maybe eight or nine blacks. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like four of my friends, uh, you know, we hanging together. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at me laughing because they're thinking, okay, because I'm a jokester. And that's what they're thinking. I'm going to go up here and just tell some jokes. Ah. I got up there, man, and I was like, okay, if this resistor here is this, what capacitor needs to be here to get this output right here? And they're looking at me like, this boy trying to teach a class. I mean, everybody was quiet because at first when he left, they're just sitting there, they're talking and I'm up there and I'm, and I'm taking them. I got the stick and everything. And I'm like, okay, now what resistor you need to be here for this, this, and this, for this, for this capacitor to get this output. And they're answering. I'm like, no, that's wrong. Because if that happens, it's going to blow this capacitor because you got 150 capacitor and I'm going over the whole, and they're looking at me and this is what happened. The professor came back, but I didn't know it because the door was like here. Where you uh-huh. walk in, and I'm here on the chalkboard, and he walked in because my friends told me later he walked up to the door and saw me and did like this. Mm, and so people, quiet, the classmates it. were looking at him, but they just moving their eyes, so I can't tell because they didn't, they're not. Right. And so I'm just doing this, and I'm looking at them, and they're looking at him and looking at me, just moving their eyes, and I don't know he's behind me, and he's right. standing there like this. <laughs> and I'm this, this, and this, and then I'm going over everything, and they're saying this. I'm like, no, that's wrong, and I'm giving them the answer. And then I'm being somebody got a question, so I turn around and I see him. I'm like, oh man, and so now I think I'm in trouble or whatever, but I'm really not, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I go and sit, and he's like, no, he said, no, get back up there. He said, now nah, you ask some questions, I got some questions for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he started asking me questions just to see this, 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 and I sat down, and he was like, that was good, let's give Timothy a round of applause that day. Mm-hmm was the day I said, okay, if I put my mind to it, I can do it. That's what's up. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, that's interesting. So there, there was this moments of you just deciding I'm going to do this and it continued to carry on. I see now hearing that story and deciding I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to learn this. 
Um, not only am I going to learn it, but I'm willing to go up and teach others in order mm-hmm. for me to, not only for me to learn it better, for because I want to help the help the class too. And I That's see it. that same That's parallel it. going That's into it. the sales and your car That's sales it. and then going, okay, so you see the pattern continued on there. All right, mm-hmm. so you've been teaching some, you've opened some sales classes doing that, um, and mm-hmm. it's 2005. What would you start to write your book? Why do you start to write this book? I'm going to be honest with you. I had told myself, I left... Um, here where I'm at, Alabama, and I went to Atlanta 2002. Mm-hmm. And I told myself before I left, because I'm trying to not forget what I was telling you earlier about what I was thinking in my mind. Mm-hmm. I told myself, I want to meet a millionaire. I want to have them mentor me. Mm. I ended up meeting two. Okay. And what God happened was, yes, he does. exactly, <laughs> one of them, and that's what I'm trying to get to, and so you see where I'm going. And one of them told me to write a book. And now I'm kind of was like back in my school days, I can't write a book and I, you know, I got it out. Well, yes, you can. You know what I'm saying? I'm going back mm-hmm. and forth. I'm like I got bad grades in English and literature class. Like, and so I was like, I do this. Because I'm thinking, okay, I did this in college. I did that and I did this. I can write a book. And I had never thought about it. I left work. I was sitting there at work, left, went down to the office supply store, got this really nice notebook. And I just started writing chapter one. Mm-hmm. And that was it. It was all by hand, huh? That's all right. It. So, I just... so something I want <clears throat> to something I want to speak out, um, bring up here with Tia uh, mm-hmm. to 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 the wealthy author family, and that there's this idea of mirror mirror work. So, in my high performance coaching, my high performance strategy, when I was really focused on doing that and really getting into all these study and so forth, um, I wrote that that book, Unlimited Potential. And in the, in the book, Unlimited Potential, I started talking about creating this success database, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what I heard you say a couple of times here, if, over and over, when you start hitting your success or make saying, I got this challenge that you want to go up against, and a part of you is over and saying, man, we can't do that, da, 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 this and that and the other, man, we ain't never done that before. Think mm-hmm. about all this time mm-hmm. where you failed, and you mm-hmm. couldn't do this and that. And then you got this other side of just like, man. But we did this, we did that, and we went the hustle. This is how we got it, you know. So this is how we got to it, going, going, and we got that battle going on in our head, right? So, um, as they say about the old, the old um, Indian story, talking about they got two wolves in your head. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> one is a fear, mm-hmm. one is a success. Which uh, which one exactly. you feed? You mm-hmm. feed the one that's going to the success, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. But I heard you say talk about the success database. You start tapping into. Mm-hmm. That success is in looking, reminding yourself of the things you've been success, successful at. However right. small or bigger was, because uh, in co- college, it was small, but you were growing exactly. it. When exactly. you got to the next level, it was a little more. And now you get to mm-hmm. start to do the write this book. You have even mm-hmm. more of a bigger exactly. database of success that you mm-hmm. tap into. But mm-hmm. you also were do- still doing that mirror work of right. looking at yourself and like, right. hmm, what right. are we going to do? So I appreciate exactly. you. Exactly. Um, giving us the details, giving those finer points. And I want to make sure mm-hmm. someone is wanting to write mm-hmm. a book right now is thinking about it. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I can. You just heard a strategy. Let you, mm-hmm. Man, let me tell you something. One, it's a couple of things on that because I coach a lot of people. And the interesting thing is, I don't know why. I'm, I'm going to keep throwing it up here. Every time I show my friends, I, I had a rough draft of this. It was just, yep. I used to go to FedEx Kinko's and print it out. And <laughs> it was yeah, in the little binder. You just need it. I went there, let me tell you, man, I went there and I was almost like that. You remember that Jerry Maguire scene when Tom Cruise went in there to that FedEx and oh. he had wrote that mission statement? <laughs> yeah. I was going to FedEx for years getting that book printed off 
and went in there one day and one of the guys worked there asked me he said you want done with that book yet and i had it and i said yes he was like tim because he used to print them out for years mm-hmm. i used to print them out and then sell them print them out and sell them but what you just said is interesting because i think about that so much mm-hmm. and i tell people when you think it ink it and what i mean by that is keep a little notepad in the car with you when you're at the red light or whatever keep a little notepad by your desk at night because one thing we don't know is at 3.30 a.m. is the quietest time. And most people yep. wake up, go to the bathroom or whatever. Yep. What we don't know is that's when the creator is tapping you on the shoulder. Yes! Yeah, and he wakes you up. <laughs> when he wakes you up, you think it's to do it or whatever. Or you may hear a little noise. No, that's when he can get your attention. Mm-hmm. And when you have those ideas that, okay, I want to write a book or I want to do this. Those are not what's called just as happenstance. No, he's trying to let you know that, hey, you wouldn't even have that idea if you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I tell people, what you got to do is start living your life as if it's rigged in your favor. Live your Bars! Okay, <laughs> rigged in your favor. Okay, I'm sorry. Live your life as if you can't fail. And I tell people, what would you do if you knew for a fact you couldn't fail? That's a tough question. That's, that's, a, that, that's, that's a tough question, especially for someone it. who's um, who thinks about, who's very creative and imaginative, and then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can do that. this and that and the other, yeah. and then there's something that still comes back, but like, all right, but that's not possible. Exactly. That's yeah. not possible. And that's why I come in, because I okay. do coaching and mentoring. So I have so many, man, you wouldn't believe this. You wouldn't believe how many people I coach that are have PhDs. Yeah doctorates, they're mm-hmm. CEOs of whatever, mm-hmm. or they've been a restaurant manager at a fast food place for 25 years and they don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And they hear me speak or they see me or they meet me or whatever, or somebody tells them about me. And then they tell me, I want to do something else. Too. I want to, I don't want to, I'm doing this for 25 years. And then I ask them that. And they're like, I don't know. I've been doing this for 25 years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so what I tell them is this, you have to get into what's called introspection. You got to go to the park and go sit for a couple of hours, just shut your phone off and just let that creativeness, which is divineness, talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we talk to ourselves and then we talk ourselves out of things. Oh, yeah, but easy. that's because we don't understand the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind cannot differentiate between a penny and a million dollars. Mm-hmm. It can't differentiate between a lie and the truth. Mm-hmm. And so once you start tapping into that, you can actually put the forces in your favor. And that's what I had to figure out because I saw myself being successful, but I was trying to figure out, okay, how was I able to do this? Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out the theory, you know, the theory of the principles that guide your actions. And so I figured it out because I went back, literally quit my job for making good money and went back home and said, okay, I'm going to figure out how I did this. And I went and wait did it. Wait, 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 wait. You quit your job and said, I'm going to figure this out. Why was this so job. important that you had to quit? The, that you had this to quit is my life. Out? This is my life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, didn't want it to I, be just continuing out by happenstance. You wanted to be something exactly. like, I decided to do this, I have a system. I need to exactly. do this. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But I wanted to be guided mm. by the okay. divineness because mm. the one that created you created you for a purpose and he knows your purpose. Yep. Yep. I wanted to tap into that because I tell people you, the, the odds of you being born is one in 400 trillion. Mm-hmm. That's not happenstance. 
<laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You didn't just, luckily, oh man, I made it. No, mm-hmm. you were created for a purpose because we have a creator. He mm-hmm. don't do something just all, just, just fortune is out there. I'm going to throw him out there. No, mm-hmm. you were created for a purpose. And so in order for me to help you or other people find this, I had to go back and find mine and find ah, out, okay, what are the steps? You see what I'm saying? There we go. That's what I wanted to do. I had to go and figure out, okay, how did this happen? How, what happened? And I mean, I quit my job and I just, it's really probably not a lot of money, but I was averaging about 6,000 a month. Mm-hmm. I left that, went home and I was averaging about 600 a month mm-hmm. to wow. go. And I said, this is more important. And most people, if you ever pay attention to any of these multimillionaires, Steve Harvey, Tiffany Haddish, Tyler Perry, they slept in the car. Yep. Yep. But what you have to realize is the majority of us, we don't want to do that. You got to sacrifice this because the creator, this is what he's going to do. He'll give you whatever you want, but they're going to be tests. He's going to give you tests. Mm-hmm. And if that test that you sleep in the car is too hard and go get a job, you don't want it. You don't want it. Mm. Now you pass that test of sleeping in that car. Here it is. Just like Steve said, he slept in there for three years and Tyler Perry slept in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. they, you know, George Clooney, he just gave all these friends a million dollars, like 13 friends because he slept on his person couch. This and this and this. You're going to have to sacrifice something. Now, when I was doing this, I didn't realize me quitting my job was going to be part of the sacrifice. Mm. This was just something that it just felt right. I was just being guided and I've been guided ever since. And so what I just did was tapped into that, that intuition of this is right. Go do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. right now, I don't work a job unless I have my own time, my own schedule. I do what I want to do and I can. <laughs> but one thing that helps is you're, I'm really good at what I do. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so when I've left jobs and had managers mad at me because I was the top salesperson, where are you going? What you doing? I'm going home. I tell them every, I, I do what I want when I want. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they're like, it's like Michael Jordan in the middle of the game or LeBron James just leaves the game at halftime. <laughs> you think about Loses. what the owners the owners like dude where are you going I do what I want to do you know what I'm saying but he's under a contract that's different right. but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is most people never get to that point because what they do is they spend the majority of their time making other people wealthy Absolutely, mm-hmm. they're a slave to their job because they're a slave to their bills so they go out and get the mortgage the rent, the car note, the this and this and this the day I told my friend he was in the cubicle in front of me the day I told him I said, my son's graduating in fifth grade. I'm quitting on that day. It was hmm. a Friday. I told him that. He didn't believe me. He said, man, I can't quit, man. I got my mortgage. I got my daughter. I got child support. You know, I got this. I got that. And I just looked at him. What he didn't realize, and I didn't tell him this, he was really a prisoner of his mind. Okay. He said, I can't quit. I mean, what is that? You leave at night. This is not prison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get off and you go home. So what do you mean you can't quit? But he was so afraid of losing that, but not looking at the reward of chasing his goals and dreams to get 10 times that. You see what I'm saying? And that's what most people, because I used to do personal training, and that's why I used to tell a lot of people. What they do is they don't look at the reward of being fit and having energy. They look at this right now instant gratification of eating that cheesecake and eating that and drinking a two liter (laughs) soda. And this is this. When I'm trying to talk to them, but I'm like, if you just stay off of that for a while, you don't have to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing when I tell people within, you know, you want to start your own business. Like one of my mentors told me this. He said, Tim, you make a living from nine to five, from okay. 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. You go get wealthy. 
Okay. Wow. Okay. For the, for the rest of the day. So you do it one or the other, either making a living or, or, or until you get to the point where your wealth is taken yeah. over. I believe the job. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I love it. I love now it. I'm going to give it. you a question. I'm going to give you another tough question that most people can't answer. Because every time I ask it, a lot of people, they're wondering this. And I have to get them there so I can help them. I tell mm-hmm. them you have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. So basically you have three blocks of eight hours. Mm-hmm. For eight hours you sleep. Mm-hmm. Eight hours you go to work. Mm-hmm. What do you do in those other eight hours? Uh, what you asked me to see my schedule? I got it. <laughs> I'm just saying. But think yeah, about absolutely. Most but most people, people uh, and I, I, like I love that you say that. I, I love that you say that because um, that's, how my, that's how my father raised my, my sister and I. He raised us to look at that, that same things that you got, basically, he said the same thing. You got three three blocks, eight hours in there. Um, mm-hmm. And when, at the time we were young, so that eight hours was like school and whatever at school mm-hmm. activities you were doing. But a- after that, what are you gonna be doing with your time? Um, and most people, when I ask them, uh, when they try to say, when they say they think you don't have time to do this or don't have time to do that, or they don't have time to write the book, then I ask them a simple question. And for those of you, uh, those of, uh, for the, of the wealthy author family that, are hearing this and I'm like, I don't know what I do with that eight hours. Here's what I'd ask you to do. And they did, I had the same thing happen to me when I went to, when I got my master's degree. In the very first class, the introductory class, they had me do time recording. Time it recording. <laughs> it was, and it blew my mind. And I looked and was like, because here, it, it's, it's kind of like, it kind of, I remember when I started doing budgeting uh, and I was trying <laughs> to learn about finances and so forth and where my money was going. Um, and I started realizing that when I knew I had to write down what I spent my money on, I made me think again about whether I was going to spend my money on it because I had to exactly. show that to somebody. <laughs> so when I started looking at my time and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm tracking what I was doing, I'm looking like, oh, I don't even know what I, I'm tracking my time and I don't even know what I did for the last hour. <laughs> like, so, so I really just got lost in that hour. I just lost exactly. the time. Exactly. And so. And that's what a lot of people I find are doing is that when they look mm-hmm. at that time recording and they start doing it just for a few days, a week, mm-hmm. they notice like, oh, shoot, I yep. spend three hours. I remember one of my first authors, she was like, mm-hmm. uh, she was uh, she was spending like three hours a day, like three hours a day mm-hmm. watching stories. Now, watching her stories. Now, those of you who are kind of young, uh, the, uh, what the other family stories are soap operas. That's what these two grandma and grandpa used to call them back in the day. They soap operas. He watches their stories. And I'm like, all right, so you got three hours out of your day that you could be writing for 30 minutes. Exactly. And using the strategy that I give exactly. you, she's not even writing. So it's 30 minutes, it's 15 minutes exactly. of talking. You can't, she's like, exactly. here's what she's finally, she's like, I guess I could record them. I was like, Look, and then when you fast forward through all the stuff, you skip all the, the all the commercials, you end up right. being the same amount of time anyway. Like I had to think yep. about it, but she didn't notice that that's where her time was going. Until, right. mm-hmm. And she at first, she wasn't willing to give up to give that up. And there's some of us oh, who yeah. are not willing to give up that sacrifice, that block of time in order to get what that's we want. So I, I love that you gave that's that it. example. And I, it, yeah. it's a great reminder. Use that, y'all, <laughs> if you haven't not done it yet. Okay, so 2005, you start writing the book. Well, mm-hmm. you're writing it by hand, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, tell me about I lost it. Huh? You lost it? And I, I it lost it. This is what happened. I wrote, when I was in Atlanta, I wrote five chapters. Okay. I left Atlanta 2007. Mm-hmm. When I come back, I got boxes and boxes. And so I couldn't find it initially. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So every Sunday I'm looking, looking, looking. 
And I really know why I didn't find it now was because I think it was at the bottom of a box and the, the notebook was black. Mm. And so, you know, you look <laughs> and it's like, it. <laughs> exactly, you don't see nothing. And from 2007 to 2012, I couldn't find it. Did you keep writing? This is what happened. From when I wrote those five chapters, when I lost it, I couldn't find it. I told myself, I'm not going to start back until I find it because I didn't want to start over because yeah. I wanted to keep that same thought process because yeah. the way I wrote the book, I tell people it's like a volume. And so I didn't want to start over. And so what happened was I was sitting at work one day and it was like a ton of bricks fell on me. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I had this, I was reminded I had emailed those five chapters to a lady when I was in Atlanta because she was going help. <laughs> it was in a folder in my Yahoo all the time, in a folder. Oh. I went to my Yahoo and typed in Tim's book and it popped up. I had it the whole time. I printed, I mean, it was just like, it was like something fragile. I printed it out. I'm like, I hope it prints. I mean, it was like, like it's right there. So I printed it out and then I went home and this is what happened. Actually where I'm at now, I'm at my mother's house. I went in the uh, bedroom and from 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. I wrote, which I started typing it in a Word document. I wrote for three weeks. Now, here's where it gets interesting. When I was really on a mission, I had this little small little computer table and the bed was like here. Mm -hmm. And so every morning I would wake up at two. I would have three notebooks on the bed. I was writing ideas for the book. I would write it down and then I would start typing it. I was writing another book. I would get ideas for another book. And then I also, because I was writing this for sales, I would write questions when I would go to different companies and pitch, do the sales training. And then I would write with the objection they would say. So either they would say it's too much or they don't have time. So I did that for three weeks. I'm writing a book, writing another book, and I'm writing what they would say and then what I would say. Mm, okay. so I'm writing three notebooks for three weeks at the same time. I was writing this one, then writing that one, writing that one, start typing. There you go. You, but you, was in that, you were in that zone and letting it, no, nobody's bothering you. Um, that's why I have my little lab in the basement. I call the lab. When the doors close, you need something really going on. <laughs> like, you know I'm gonna come out eventually. Let mm -hmm. me be. And I'm like, <laughs> um, so, so, Okay, that's interesting. It's in your email, uh, which, by the way, is a great way for you to remember a uh, way for you to store your information, y'all, for that. Because mm -hmm. unless you exactly you using these big names, you, uh, big companies, you can definitely store as a draft there in your email. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't mm -hmm. have anywhere, don't have any hard space or space on your computer, whatever it is, excuse you got, you can type it in mm -hmm. there as an email, save mm -hmm. it as a draft, and send it to. Now you. I want to say something before I forget. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because you had mentioned about the young lady wanting to write a book, but they didn't have time or she didn't have time uh -huh. or whatever. Yeah. This one of the things I teach and coach people, mentor them on is creating time. OK. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where it gets a little bit interesting, which I started studying metaphysics in like 93. And this is the way I live my life. I don't live in time. OK. So what that means is 3 p.m. and 3 a.m. is the same to me. Okay. So everybody that I coach, I tell them, you got me for 24 hours. So which means if somebody calls me at 3 a.m., the first thing I'm going to say is meet me at the Waffle House. Okay. Nine times out of 10, they're not going to do it. Oh, Tim, I got to be to work at nine. I got to, And I just sit there and do this. I said, okay. 
I said, you have what's called excusitis. Mm-hmm. I said, meet me. I didn't say meet me for all day. I just said, meet me there. I'll drive to wherever the closest one to you at. I'll meet you at that one. If it's around the corner, whether we meet for 30 minutes or an hour, mm-hmm. because I'm trying to get them to understand is it's okay to like, we, you know, we talk on the phone or whatever, but what I need to do is when you, cause they ask me questions or whatever, what I need to do is I need to look at your body language. I need to yeah. feel your energy because I do not pay attention to what you say. I pay attention to how you say what you say. So when I ask somebody, you know, what would you do all day if you didn't get paid for it? Because this is what I ask the CEOs and different people. And they say, I've been doing something for 25 years. I don't know what I would do. And, this, and, this. and that's the first question I ask them. What would you do if you didn't get paid for it mm-hmm. all day? That's your passion. You know, your purpose is what you made for. Your passion is what you paid for. So we're going back to that other question I just asked. You just threw that one out there all slick, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, just that, you just threw that one out there. Your purpose is what you made for. Yeah, your passion is what you paid for. You just slid exactly. that one in there and keep yeah, going. Yeah, you got okay. to. I'll because go here's the one. thing. Yeah, because, <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing. Just like that question I asked earlier, you know what I'm saying? What would you do? No, no, I asked you, I said, um, live your life as if it's rigged in your favor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that actually is like co-mingled with that other question. What would you do all day if you didn't get paid for it? Mm-hmm. And see, what most people don't think is, and they don't know is, your passion now, because of the internet and everything, we're living in a digital world, Absolutely. the technological age, you can monetize that. Mm-hmm. But most people don't know how to do it. Right. So to give you an example, where I go out, like you see my shirt, you know, I have all my little clothing lines. So all of my businesses, I got seven websites. Every website, I have shirts for them. So mm. when I go somewhere, most of them have questions, different things like that. Like I got one, I got one shirt. Now that that's says, thinking of a salesman right there because <laughs> I just, I have, I, I'm literally going, well, today or tonight, I just created a new design. I put on, I got some feedback. So I know which of the four designs people like, but I hadn't thought about creating one as a question. But that's the sales. That's why I threw it out there. I can say I'm here to help. Everything I say it has a strategic. Mm-hmm. So one of my shirts that says, ask me how to make money while you sleep. Mm-hmm. So normally when I go out to the barbershop, I try to go to different ones. Mm-hmm. And so when I go nine times out of 10, this guy's never met me. He's cutting my hair. Hey, Tim, what do you do? <laughs> and then he turns around and looks at my shirt. And he's like, oh, man, okay. And he's really trying to figure it out, like, Okay, and I'm just still on like, ask me that. I'm waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's trying to figure out because he don't want to ask me because think about this. If I'm a barber, how am I going to make money while I sleep? Right. Yeah. And I I had had a similar conversation with my with my barber (laughs) uh, about a week ago and was like, he's like, man, I was like, you got to find a way to make money online. He was like, man, I, I was like, I. I can't make money unless I cut hair. I was like, well, you better teach some other people how to cut hair. Something. Now, this is what I mean. I'm going to give you this one for free. Yep. The next time that person tells you can't, mm-hmm. tell them to take a bat and knock the tee off of that can. <laughs> knock the tee off of that can. As a baseball player, I remember that. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So don't, don't say you can't. Because what we don't know is the physiology of things that happen subconsciously mm-hmm. when you say you can't. Mm-hmm. But once you say you can, now the universe actually come to your aid mm-hmm. because it will put people, places, and circumstances and events in front of you to help you and assist you. That's what really started happening to me. 
So like I said earlier, when I said I'm going to Atlanta, I want to meet a millionaire, I met two. Yep, yep. The universe, what we have to understand (laughs) is the universe only knows abundance. It it doesn't know, like we think limited. I don't have time. I can't do this at, you know, I can't write a book. I can't do this. The universe doesn't do that. And so once you get incongruent, you know what I'm saying? Like I tell people, if you drive in your car and it's out of alignment, you take your head up the steering wheel, what's going to happen? Don't go wherever it's the Exactly. So that's what we do in our life. But if you understand the way the universe works, the way the creator works, and you get incongruent with that, what, who's going to say no to him? No one should. I know what happened. You still what I did. But you can't. <laughs> you can't. Because he controls everything. Yep. So you don't understand when you're doing something, when you're going somewhere, like people say, oh, man, that place may not hire me. I'm going to go over there and put application in. You don't know what he has prepared for you. You wouldn't have that thought, that idea, if you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't, or it says, uh, um, oh, no, we're not hiring right now. Go back tomorrow. Go back next week. But see what we don't persevere. Now you sound like, now you remember you know me of Les Brown's story. <laughs> I got a Les Brown story, man. I took a picture with him. Um, he came here for a conference. Mm-hmm. And this is what's crazy. In Alabama and, or Atlanta? At Alabama. Oh, really? It had a lead to succeed. Him, Brian Tracy, all okay. these people. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I took a picture, but he um, he is from, it's one of the reasons I wanted to meet and have a talk with him. My dad is from where he's from in Miami. Okay. He's from Liberty City, Miami. Liberty My dad's City, from Miami. Liberty yeah. City. Mm, okay. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. So you're saying you got to create time. So how do I, how do I, how do I, so practically speaking, um, how do I create, how do my audience create time? It's, it's really, it's really a mind thing. First, you got to get to the point and stop, stop what I call the stinking thinking. You've okay. got to stop telling yourself you can't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, first, that's first because everything happens in the mind first, then it happens, you know, physically. So okay. what you have to do is do that first. And that's what I do. I do a lot of mindset, mind state and mind frame coaching first, okay. because if you can't see it, believe it, you can't achieve it. And so I got to get you to see it before it even happens. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get into, you know, becoming a visionary. Visionary is what? A person that can see something out there and bring it in here. So you have to reverse engineer it. So you think about it here, wherever, however, the bigger that you want it. Mm-hmm. And then you reverse engineer to that and understand okay. that you're going to have, you're not going to, you're not going to do all of it. And that's what most people think. Uh, it's like with me and my book, I didn't do the editing. I didn't do the, the cover. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what I was thinking when my mentor said, write a book. I don't know how to do a cover. I don't do graphics. I don't yep. know the editor. And this is where it gets interesting. I did some research on editors. Mm-hmm. Virgo was all the best editor. Why is I'm that? a Virgo. We're perfectionists. The way uh, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So my editor is in California. I'll tell you how mm-hmm. God works. I found her online on LinkedIn, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. When I called her and asked her to edit my book, and then I, she's seeing my phone. I'm asking where I was at. She's from where I'm from, but she lives in Sacramento. Mm, okay. <laughs> Keep being connected. Love it. Love it. Love she it. edited my book. I went back through it and re-edited it. Yeah, I do the same thing. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help it. Yes, I know. I know exactly. Yes. But so I'm trying to get to your question because I'm not trying to make it long. Mm-hmm. But the thing we have to understand is, what I tell people. When they ask certain questions, it has to be explained in detail for you to get it. A lot of people don't know for you to be successful, you need step-by-step guidance and you need direction. Like a lot of people ask you, well, what's the key to success? Well, there's not one. 
Mm-hmm. It depends on what you want to do. Like I tell them, go ask the janitor at a college or a university. How many keys does he have? You got a key to the cafeteria, the gym, mm-hmm. the auditorium. And so that's what you have to understand. It's not just one thing or one key to success. There are many keys. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have all of them. There are probably many janitors at that college university. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about creating time, it's difficult to just answer that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. In one little short, it's going to take you know, and everybody's different. You know, what I do is I tailor uh, what I do. Okay, I got so you. Some people, so you're going back to that. So you're tapping into that individual's mindset and what they're doing. In there order you to go. Find, okay. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, some okay. people, they may have a problem with fear. Mm-hmm. So I've got to get them to overcome that. You know, fear is a false event, you know, expectation, appearing mm-hmm. real. And I have to get them over that. Some people don't have a problem with fear. So I don't have to worry about that with you. So I got to find out, okay, what's the terror barrier? What's blocking? What's stopping you? Why are you saying can't? What's going on? So we kind of have to, you know, connect the dots going backwards and figure out why are you saying that? Who has programmed your paradigm to say that? Did some of your parents tell you they can't? You can't? Have they told you that? Did the school teacher tell Got you. Got you. Got you. That makes that makes a lot of sense, especially from a psychological standpoint. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so I won't. I'll, I'll move on, <laughs> uh, but until we continue there, it might be exactly. I tried to answer it, but it's a long answer. No, I got you, most definitely. Okay, so you go ahead and you decide you're going to get the book published. You've been selling this, so you're selling out the back of your car. You're printing off and selling oh, yeah. your book. Um, tell me about what your business was like before you started like selling the book and trying to get in people's hands, and then after you started. And you can, I guess you can do it at two different levels when you were selling mm-hmm. it as... Um, Mm-hmm. What's your business like after you start selling a paper version of it and then after right. you start selling it from your website, the original original mm-hmm. website? So give mm-hmm. us the, what the, the business looks like. And the yeah, I really, I, I, didn't, I didn't really even look at it as a business. I was coaching people and doing different things and I really was doing it not knowing I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that was one of my best friends um, called me. Um, we grew up together and he told me back in high school, what I'm doing to you now, I was doing with them. Okay. And I said, no, I wasn't because I don't even remember that. He said he watched one of my videos. He said, man, you was talking to us like this, like you're talking on those videos in high school. And I had to really think about it because I couldn't remember it. And it finally just dawned on me that this is just the way I I talk. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something I'm switching from this. Now I'm the motivator. You know what I'm saying? That was just who I am. And I didn't know that I eventually walked into that space. Cause I was doing it on an unconscious level. I wasn't conscious mm-hmm. of I'm hanging with my friends and we're at the sports bar drinking a beer or whatever. And I'm talking to them like this, like, Hey man, we can do this, 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 because my friends, I remember one day they would, we all asked each other, what kind of car will we get? Mm-hmm. You know, I got one friend, I want a 760 BMW. Mother friend, he want to escalate. Other man, I want this S550 Mercedes. The other friend wants this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it came around to me. And it's like, what, what kind of car you want? I said, well, I want a car dealership to sell all y'all fool cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way my mind works. Oh, shit, okay. I want all the cars. Let me see what I see. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, so, so trying to when, did you start, when did you start understanding that you're actually, this is a business? Oh, man. Um, I think when I finished the book, in 13 mm-hmm. because I really didn't want to go out and because my mentors they had told me they said once you when you write a book I gotta throw it up there again once mm-hmm. you write a book 
you're you're going to be up against other speakers. Okay. And they said, what's going to happen is if you have a book and they don't, you're going to be looked at as a person of either more value or more credibility on the subject just because you wrote a book, even if you're Mars. <laughs> and so I didn't want to be just perceived because I wrote a book and then I couldn't deliver. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so what I used to do is before I put the book out, I tested it for years. I would give the book away. I would sell it to certain people and let them read it. And everybody kept coming back like, man, I can't put the book down. Oh, I read it, man. It was fantastic. I was scared to put it on Amazon and then somebody read it, whatever. So for years, I was scared to put it out there, really. And then I had one of my friends. He opened it up. He was my office partner. He was like, man, I remember when that happened. So I was letting people know this is not fictional. This is actual stories mm-hmm. that happened. And then I threw some motivational, some success stories and this and this and this and that. But I put actually what happened. You know what I'm saying? That just to give you an example, you know, my background, when I left college, I couldn't find a job. Okay. I came here and one you of my friends- did all that hard work to graduate exactly. from college. Sending resumes out. And, and my friend, well, actually not my friend, my cousin, rest in peace, Keith Bailey, he was working at a car dealership, but he was, they were detailing cars. Mm-hmm. And he came to my house one day, knocked on the door, said, hey, man, can you give me a ride to work? I said, yeah. So I took him to work. When we got there, he said, man, you, you ain't working. You might as well come in here for the application up. I'm like, okay. So I parked the truck and went in for the application. I'm like, you know, whatever. I, I ain't doing nothing. I wasn't even working anyway. And he got hired me. So I'm picking him up in the morning, going there. You know, we washing cars all day. One day I went to pick him up. And he's usually on the porch. He's, hey, man, I'm not going to work today. I said, okay. So I went. He didn't tell me he had actually quit. Uh, I kept coming to come pick him up. And he wasn't going anymore. So I just, you know, I kept going. I'm there washing cars and washing cars and washing cars. I'm in Alabama. It's 1,900 degrees. <laughs> so I'm in this heat outside. We have no air conditioning. We just got fans. Even when you're inside the garage, it's just fans. Mm-hmm. So you stand about a fan all day trying to cool off. And so I would go inside an air condition, drop off the keys, you know, a car that had sold that I had cleaned. And I'm just sitting there like, man, this air conditioner feels good. That was the only reason I wanted to sell cars. To get out the heat. Get out the heat. <laughs> so this is what I did. I went to all the black sales and I said, if anybody quit, anybody get fired, let me know. I want to sell cars. And they're like, okay, they kind of brushed me off. Yeah, right, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, the dealership I was at was Nissan. Next door was a Mazda dealership. I went next door and I gave one of the managers a key and I'm standing inside and this was like nine o'clock in the morning. So the general manager, Mr. Bill Hart was telling a joke. All the salesmen on the showroom standing around him and he told the punchline. So I just kind of laughed, you know, and he kind of turned around and looked at me. He said, hey, you got a nice smile. You want to sell cars? I looked at him like this. Got him. <laughs> hey, I couldn't even say nothing. I was like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that because mm-hmm. I'm at Nissan asking them mm-hmm. to help me out. Now I'm at the next door at Mazda. I had told anybody over there I wanted to sell cars. And this guy that could hire and fire was asking me. I was like, yeah. The guy looked at me just like this and he walked away. I'm sitting there like, that was my chance. I froze up. What's going on? This, this, this. So I left. I'm walking back next door. Everybody's talking to me. I ain't even saying nothing. I'm just watching cars like, that was my chance. I've been begging to get in the sales, so I couldn't get in it. The next day, he called for me. Mm-hmm. I went in his office and he said, hey, you ready to sell cars? 
I said, I told you yes yesterday. He said, you got a resume? I'll be right back. I ran to my truck. I had stacks of them. I ran back. <laughs> here you go. Here you go. He looked at it. He said, you went to college? I said, yeah. What you doing back there washing cars? I said, I'm sending my resumes out, but nobody's called yet. I'm just, you know, paying a bill. I ain't really got no bills. I'm living with my grandmother. I said, I'm just, I need some money. He said, okay. He took me up front. Had the manager look at it, gave it back to him. He said, be here Monday with a shirt and tie. I said, you serious? I mean, this was no interview or nothing really. Mm -hmm. Just because I was already working for the company, but I was working next door to the next building. Mm -hmm. He hired me. Put me in training. I'm going to train you. He said, you got two weeks. I went upstairs. They had a volume of VCR tapes mm -hmm. on product knowledge and the road to the sale. Mm -hmm. So he said, after two weeks, I'm going to give you a test. I said, okay. So I'm upstairs watching these tapes and studying them, studying them, studying them. After one week, I got frustrated. I said, I can't do this. I'm ready to sell. The next day, I went to the store and got a bunch of blank videotapes. Mm -hmm. Got my VCR, went upstairs, hooked my VCR up to their VCR, recorded all those tapes, went home the weekend and memorized those tapes. Yep. I didn't eat, I didn't sleep, I didn't do nothing. I was just the whole weekend. I came back Monday told the guy I'm ready for my test. He said, you got two weeks of training. You only been up there one week. I said, I don't need two weeks. He said, okay, smarty pants. Gave me a piece of paper. I took it upstairs, answered it front and back, brought it back to him. So he's there grading it. I got a hundred. Mm -hmm. He said, how did you do this? He said, you got a hundred. I said, well, to be honest with you, I recorded all the tapes. I brought a blank, my VCR pair, bought some blank tapes. I took them home and I memorized it. He said, man, he said, I've been a manager here five years. I've never had a salesman to do that. He said, I've had guys quit. I go upstairs. I can't find them. They're goofing off. He said, I've had guys take the test a couple of times and fail. He said, I've never had nobody in one week. He said, I've had guys up there three weeks and don't pass the test. Mm -hmm. He said, go down there and sell. All right. So this is a longer episode than normal so we're just now getting to about halfway through today's show and i definitely want to give you a quick word from our sponsor before we get back to these stories and interviews and um all the rest of these tips all right here we go today's show is sponsored by thought fortune press you probably know that if you're not an authority in your industry nobody's hearing your message and you may know that the number one way to build your authority is by authoring a book. What you probably don't know is that you can write the manuscript for your book in less than four hours. I'm D. Arlando Fortune, the lead self-publishing strategist for Thought Fortune Press, where we turn your ideas into a branded book that brings in the cash by sharing your unique message and positioning you as an authority in your industry. If you're an entrepreneur or a speaker who's thinking about already writing or want to publish your next book, but you don't want to write it, or you just want to get help getting it done, your first step is a wealthy author roadmap. This is a call to help us get to the heart of what you do for your customers. Together, we'll determine how a book will help you establish more credibility in your customers' minds and make a bigger impact in their lives, while also, of course, increasing your revenues during the call we'll walk you through designing your book's outline and its content and create a publishing timeline that fits your goals even if that means getting it done in as little as 90 days 
what makes us different is that we know a book is only the first step into your world. Not only do we help you write the book, but we work with you on creating a signature suite of products, all from your book's one outline. We do all of this using the five phases of our proprietary system, the signature book formula. To get started on your personalized wealthy author roadmap, go to thoughtfortunepress.com and click the gold start here button at the top of the page. Now remember, you're only one book away. So let us at Thought Fortune Press guide you to becoming an author. Go to thoughtfortunepress.com today. All right, so now we heard from, from our sponsor. Let's get back to the show and just keep this party going, man. In honor of my man, Tim Motivator Williams. <laughs> Let's back to the interview. <laughs> get to work. Watch this. Watch this. Mm -hmm. This is how God works. The same day, because I, I didn't tell you when I left the Nisa, I never told anybody where I left, where I went to when I left. Okay. You know, I was next door. So I so went did you back. tell me for the whole week you just weren't showing up for work? I just, no, I quit. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That day he hired me. I went back and took my detail shirt off and told the detail manager I quit. What okay. you mean you quit? I said, I'm done. So they didn't know when I left. They didn't know why I was working. I told nobody. Mm -hmm. And so when I went, when that, when he hired me, he put his arm around me and took me next door when I passed the test yeah. and told everybody, this is my new salesperson. Because everybody was like, man, where you been? Man, we've been looking for you. Where you been? You was over there because I was up, I was next door and I was upstairs. Mm -hmm. So even if they came over there, they wouldn't have seen me. I was upstairs. And mm -hmm. so what happened, uh, the general manager at Nissan did like this, sat me down in his office. He said, hey, why you go to work over there? You and my detail guy, why you come over? I said, man, I was asking y'all if any positions open. Nobody said nothing. I said, I put an application in every week for 90 days because I was I did a detail for three months. Mm -hmm. He said, you did what? I said, I put application every Friday. Because every Friday, what I would do is I would go to the receptionist, tell her to give me a job application. I will fill it out and bring it back Monday and give it to her. I did that every Friday for 90 days. So he went to the receptionist and said, give me all the applications. He got them. It was a stack of everybody else's and a stack of mine. Mm -hmm. He said, I looked at him, but I thought this person was crazy. He said, I've seen the same name, Timothy, Timothy, Timothy. This guy filled all these applications for mm -hmm. He said, you only need to fill out one. I said, that's how bad I want the job. He said, if it don't work out, call me. You can come work over here. So then I went back to the detail department. Man, my detail manager was like, he was, you wouldn't want to work for him. Mm -hmm. He was a black guy. I'm just putting it like that. Mm -hmm. When I went back there, everybody congratulated me, this, this, and this. So he walked up wondering what's going on. Yeah, Tim is working. He's selling cars now over next door. He looked at me. He said, man, you ain't going to last 30 days. Mm. I just looked at him. You know, in my mind, I didn't say nothing. I just like, in my mind, I'm like, you don't know what I could do. Now watch right. this. 20 years later, I went into the cleaners, yeah. dropped some shirts off. On my way out, you know how you see somebody out your peripheral, but you don't, you're not looking at them. Mm -hmm. So I seen a guy walking, but I was getting in the car, and he said my name when I looked up at it. Tim. I'm like, oh, this is my detail manager. Mm -hmm. Hey, what are you up to now? I said, well, I wrote a book and I trained salespeople. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He told me I wouldn't last 30 days <laughs> I've been in sales now 28 years, <laughs> almost 30 years. And he said, I wouldn't last 30 days. You talking saying. about like they say the, the revenge is a dish served cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When he it just so happened, I saw out of everybody, I saw him. 
you know, I'm like, dude, you don't tell nobody what they can't do. Right. You know, what if I would have took that to heart before I even tried? All these lives that you affected would never have been, at least not affected in the way that you could affect them. Exactly. Or the people that you were only commissioned exactly. to affect. Exactly. And there's love it, love it, people love that do that. Love it, love it, love it. So you started, you started, did you start using, you started using the book after Elaine 2013 when you start, when you actually put it out there and said, I'm doing this now, you started using that to start getting more sales. How were you, how were you actually leveraging that book for um, what you're doing on the back end? Well, what happened was um, in 2013 is when I actually, I, the first place I went to was uh, the Chamber of Commerce okay. because I didn't want to go out as a business without having something. Mm, you know what okay. I'm saying? I didn't have like, I hadn't any references or nothing. So okay. once I finished the book and I printed it out, that's when I said, okay, now I'm going out because I got something. And okay. I really didn't, I wasn't speaking anywhere, but I had something. And so when I went to the Chamber of Commerce, what happened was I had went to several different places and everywhere I, well, I went to like maybe three places mm -hmm. and they told me to see this one guy. Okay. I went to the university. I went to the, some other place, some other place. And the three places told me to go see the same guy. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, it's up to this. They say, go see Mr. Randall at the Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Then the second person, the third, I'm like, okay, I got to go. So I went mm -hmm. that same day. I went down there. I walked in the building and I told the lady, it was a black lady at the receptionist. And I said, I'm here. I have an appointment with Mr. Randall. And she looked at the appointment book was like, I don't see it. She's like, okay. So she thinking she forgot to write it down. So she called him. Hey, Mr. Randall, your appointment's here. And he's like, my appointment? Okay, I'm on the way down. So he came down the stairs and I just, I want y'all lie. I had no doggone appointment. And I shook his hand and said, hey, yeah. He said, he said, I don't really know how to, I said, it's no problem. You know, we all forget things. And I just started talking <laughs> to him. Mm -hmm. Went down in the little, they had a big meeting room. I sat down there and I said, hey, you know, I, this is what I do. I speak this, 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 this. And I spoke to him for maybe an hour. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, hey, um, I don't have anything right now, but as soon as I get something, I'll call you. A week later, he called me. Mm -hmm. He said, Tim, I'm supposed to speak at the college once a year. He said, I'm not going this year. I'm sending you. I said, to do what? He said, just go down there. So he said, I'm going to tell the dean to give you a call. As soon as I hung the phone up with him, the phone rung, and it was the dean. Uh huh. And he said, hey, Mr. Randall said you're supposed to come down here and speak at this place. I said, yeah, I just got off the phone with him. So I went down there and met him. So I told him, hey, this is what I do, this and this and this. While I was talking to him, he started, he was, you know, looking at me like this. Then he turned around and got on the computer and started typing. He looked at me and said, keep talking. And he started typing. He said, I'm emailing the president of the college. I want you to come and train my faculty. Okay. He said, also, and that's what I said, okay. <laughs> he also said, next month, I want you to come speak again. Now, my, this is the first time I met this guy. He mm -hmm. wanted me to speak in two weeks. Now he's trying to set me up for next month, just based off what I'm telling him, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what I do. I'm like, you want me to come train your faculty? I'm like, I'm coming to talk to the kids about the importance of education. <laughs> he said, yeah, but I need you for something else. And that was the first. And I put it on my YouTube channel and it just snowballed. It snowballed. Okay. I started getting calls from other places. This Mr. Randall referred me to the college and that guy, the dean, he referred me there. I went to the YMCA, the lady there referred me. Then the Google Easter Seals, they found me on LinkedIn. I went over there, did some training for the job placement program, then this, and it just, and now when I put the videos on Facebook, I had people in Atlanta calling me, hey, so I did a virtual conference with uh, uh, Tamara 
um, with the Wealth Infinity Group out of uh, Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it just some videos from YouTube and Facebook. I had a guy from Virginia call me. Hey, Tim, I, I got a financial advisory business, man. I don't know how to sell. I, I'm going to come down. To, I'm going to come down. I'm going to fly down and come see you. Like fly down. So he knows how to make the money. He just know how to get people in. He did, yeah. And what I told him, I just, yeah, I basically told him, I said, you need to leverage yourself. Mm-hmm. I said, if you're a financial advisor, I said, what you need to do is you need to hire other people. So I would train them how to sell. You just train them how to do with a financial planning. Right. Okay. I yeah. said, now they'll go out and you just get a percentage of everything they do. Mm-hmm. That's there where like go. my business sales strategist, that's where that part comes in. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I got, I got to ask this question here um, as we, cause you've given some, some, some tips definitely on how to, uh, how, what you were doing, how, how to leverage the book and to bring them into the back end sales. And obviously part of their, your strategy is not only having the book, but then taking your, uh, your videos and creating videos and sharing some of your back, you know, your behind the scenes of sharing of different um, coaching that you may be doing with groups and so forth, all these different little snippets and so forth. But I, I do want to ask this question because it's, you, you've, you've had some, an evolution in your, in the writing and the, and the production of your book. Um, you talked about how in 2000, <clears throat> 2005 all the way to 2013, you were, you wrote it, you lost it, you got it back, but you was also handing it out and getting feedback, seeing different pieces and tweaking and making it even mm-hmm. better. So my question to mm-hmm. you is, what did you learn during that writing process? Not necessarily about how to write better, but like mm-hmm. about business, yourself, whatever. What what did, what lessons did you pull, can you pull out from that writing One process? thing I learned is, um, especially when, because I never really read it and read it, because I, the interesting thing is when I started giving the book to my friends, Mm-hmm. I wanted to look at it like they looked at it, not the way I looked at it. Okay. That's when I went back and said, difficult to see the picture in the frame. So when they would read, they would pick out and read certain things and then their interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it, it was like, I was really thinking on a different, another level. And I tell people when I wrote the book, I basically was, you know, the pencil in God's hands. Right. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't really me. I was tapping into something that I didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and yes. so I would have people, I mean, they would just pick up the book and turn to any page and read a sentence. And it would be a mother and she would have her two daughters. And she would say, I've been telling y'all this. And it would be in my book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it got to the point where I tell people, you because people were doing that. They would just take the book and open it up and just start reading a paragraph. Mm-hmm. And it was like every page and every sentence I wanted to make powerful. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So what... I didn't know was um, once I talked to a major company that deal with Subway and Coca-Cola, because what they'll do is they'll give you a 15 minute uh, consultation for free. Okay. And I called them because I wanted them to help me. And when I called the lady and told her what I was doing, I said, well, my background is automotive sales. I have a book called How to Save Yourself and Become Rich. And my brand name is The Motivator. I told her everything and she was looking at my website and everything. She said, Tim, we can't help you. Hmm. I'm like, well, you know, you help these companies, <laughs> Subway, Coca-Cola, Best Buy. I'm like, that's what you do. You help brand, help market. I'm like, I need help. She was like, no. She said, what you're doing is what we tell other companies to do. Because mm. you, you look at Burger King brand, it's a burger. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're the king of burgers. And she said, that's what how we market. Every, you know what I'm saying? So when I come to phone with her, it basically, I just had like an opinion. I'm like, okay, I don't need anybody else. I already know. Mm. So it's time for me to stop asking and start oh. just tapping into what already, what's already there. It's here, but 
but I just wasn't tapping into it. Wow. Which I was, but I really didn't know I was until I spoke with her. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I tell Gosh, people is this. That's so great. That's so gospel. What that's I tell so people is this, and I didn't even know I, I was this was going to happen, but how it came about was I used to go to the mall when I first started my sales career in 92. And I used to tell myself I owned the mall. Hmm. And I used to walk in. This was like every Sunday. I used to walk in, in and out of every store. I said, well, if I own the mall, how can I make each store more successful and make more revenue? So I would walk in and I would see, okay, what's the energy? Is the music too loud? Do they have any music? Are the people greeting me? Are they avoiding me? And I would walk in every store. And so what happened, what most people don't know is over the years, what I did was I built up my mental or my mind muscle. And I tell people, how would you look if you went to the gym for 20 years, seven days a week for eight hours every day? <laughs> you, might, you, should, you better look like Arnold. <laughs> and so that's what I tell people is I said, that's what I did with my mind. Uh -huh. But you can't see it. Mm. So when I go into places, like when I go into these companies, you look on my website, I've been speaking for Goodwill, Amway, Prime America, all of these companies, they look at me as a black person. Mm -hmm. But they don't know it's a spirit inside of this physical body. Oh, yeah. It's the mind in there. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how much I built up my mind. So when I go to places, every presentation I have, I design a yes in it. So every company I've went to since 2013, every last one of them has said yes. And they've asked me to come back and they referred me to go to other places. Because okay. what they don't know. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta hit, you gotta come back. You gotta give a, uh, we're gonna come back to that. Yes, because I have a yes in one of my, as this last step in my whole book writing process. And I think we're okay. on the same page there. So I gotta hear your process. <laughs> yes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Keep going. So when I go to places and I told a guy, Mr. Randall down there, mm -hmm. and I told the dean at the college because like I said, when I went there, he said, okay, I want you to come speak. Because He wanted me to come speak September 23rd, which was the day after my birthday. Then he said, okay, you're going to come speak again October the 15th. And my question was, okay, how do you know you want me to come speak in October when September 23rd is not even here yet? I haven't even done anything yet. I haven't even presented yeah. it. You ain't seen me perform was, nothing. But what he was doing, what he was listening, he said, no, he was listening to what I was saying, the right. way I was talking. He knew I knew what I was talking about and how mm -hmm. I could help. And so, because he would ask me this question, ask me this question in a way I would answer. And then I said, well, how do you know you want me to train your faculty? You have, I haven't even spoke yet. So the first time I spoke, when it was over with, he sat there just like this. I need you to coach me. I just spoke for an hour. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at him like, I'm talking to the students. But he saw, you know what I'm saying, where I was really going. And he knew the students couldn't really grasp of me taking it up there, but okay. he could. You know what I'm saying? He said, I know the students probably didn't get what you were saying, but they will later. You know what I'm saying? Just like my grandfather did that to me. My grandfather would tell me things. He would tell me things like, son, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Mm -hmm. It's like, what in the world does that mean? And then he would say, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. But he <laughs> knew. That's a good time, one right there. Like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. knew at the time I couldn't get what he was telling me, but eventually I will grow into understanding what he said. And that's kind of like how I speak when I go out because I want people to call me back. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes I'll talk to them up here and I have to tell them, you know, what I have to do is I have to bring you up to where I'm at. I have to, okay. you know, cultivate you and then elevate you. 
okay. elevate, you know, your understanding of it. You know, one example I use is I tell people like if me and you went to a conference and it's at a hotel and you get on a, a room at the first floor and I'm on the 15th. And I say, man, look outside, look at this beautiful view. And you look outside, you see number trees. Cause you're on right. the first floor. Parking lot. I tell you, come up to my room. When yeah. you come up to my room, look out the window, you see the view. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to tell people. I said, that's where you're at now. And that's where most people, when they say, I don't have time or I can't, well, they can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. It's just because they haven't elevated their understanding of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to do to help them. Excellent, 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 love it. If I understand you correctly here, you about this, yes. And, and then we're gonna start, we're gonna get to this last couple, last question here before we go into more of the just playful stuff, uh, more personal stuff, I should say. Um, getting, you're, you're planting this seed for this, yes, which means you're giving, you're not, you're not going like, teasing people necessarily with not giving them tangible content, not giving them practical steps, but you're giving them this high level. I would, I would, it seems like you're coming at it like a philosophical type of level, but yet Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you practical steps to get started right now. Mm -hmm. But this Mm -hmm. is where where you're giving visionary. Okay. Now it just came back around to what you said (laughs) a little while ago. Okay. 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 So pain vision. Hold on. I'm, this is processing right now. Okay, because that's, that's that's interesting because uh, I don't like I feel like I don't I don't like people talking over my head. Right. I don't like people talking over my head, and I exactly. know with my you know just pat myself on the back. God bless me. I I have a high intelligence, right? Right. Um, right. So if you're speaking over my head, you are really speaking <laughs> really high. Like now, mind you, you, this is somebody that got bad grades in school. Don't forget that. True, but I mean. But intelligence doesn't necessarily have to do with that, with the book exactly. intelligence, right? There's two different types of intelligence. I'm just saying for the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot yeah, of people, yeah, that's what they're thinking about, right. why I can't uh, now. Yeah, 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 My yeah. Past gotcha. failures. Yeah, absolutely. Now, but I'm still, so you're planting the seed, you're creating this vision, but then you're also giving us the steps. Here's where you, okay, I get to so your planning the vision. And the plan, in the, uh, which is basically the yes, is where, where you can go. But then you're giving them practical steps for where the audience is right now, knowing exactly. that once they get... You are, you, this is level four, you can get to. Right now, you're at level one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the mm-hmm. steps you need to get from level one to level two. And then exactly. next next month or next year or whatever, you call me back, I'm going to take you from one to two. I mean, from two to three. Okay, exactly. I got you. I got and you. that's why, this is why I say I have to tailor it. Because when I go out, I'm, I'm very different than most of any other speakers. I really engage my audience. Mm-hmm. And when I go out, and if, if you go out and survey people, you'll, they'll tell you the same thing. Because I used to ask people, when you go out to somebody like a motivational or whatever, a seminar, whatever, a success class or conference or seminar, workshop, what happens? Most people say they go to sleep. And so I did that for years <laughs> before I even started going out doing it. I did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And what I found out is this, when you go and it's 100 people, 200, whatever, the speaker comes with a, something pre-scripted and they speak for maybe 50 minutes yep. and they have five to 10 minutes Q and a, well, mine is reversed. I go in and I tell them about me about five or 10 minutes and Q and a lasts about 50 minutes. Okay. And so what I tell people, the reason I designed it like that is, is this, when everybody goes to the doctor, what happens is they take your vitals, no matter what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. They're going to take your blood pressure, your, your thermometer in your mouth, 
They're going to take your pulse. They're going to check your breathing, check your back. They're going to do all of that. They're going to write it down. The nurse gives it to the doctor. The doctor comes in and looks at it. Okay, tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I do. So I tell people this. If you're at a doctor's office and I'm the doctor and I walk out and I give everybody in the lobby a prescription, the oh, yeah. same prescription, let's say it's a Tylenol, whatever, such and such yeah. milligram, will it help you? The answer is it may or may not. Maybe, I was like, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's what happens when most speakers, when they come out and speak to an audience, that's what they do. They got something pre-written, pre-scripted, memorized, and they give it to everybody, and it may or may not help you. But what I do is I go out, and most of the time, if I'm at a car dealership or real estate, wherever it's at, whatever problem, majority of them have the same four or five same problems mm-hmm. within that industry. Mm-hmm. And so I ask a person, what are you struggling with? And then I really, I, I hone it and tailor it to what do you think you're struggling with? Because the majority of us are struggling with the similar same thing, but we think it's some outside entity yeah. when it's actually inside. And so when I ask the person what they're struggling with, I'm paying attention to them yeah. and I'm listening to them. So they're describing can, the symptom, but they're not actually exactly describing the, cause. The, actual, the cause. Yep. Mm-hmm. The cause of it. And so what most people, what most speakers do, they say they're there to help, but they just give you a whole lot of fluff and stories and this and this and this. That may or may not help you. But I tell people, when you tell me what it is, I'm going to give you, based on you, step-by-step mm-hmm. instructions, guidance, and directions. Yes, and there's another word for that that came to mind when you were talking about handing out prescriptions just just handing them out. That's called malpractice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's also called malpractice. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I love it. I love yeah. it. I love that yeah. analogy. I'll keep that in mind because that's why I know I've done some of the similar situations when yeah. I've spoken. Yeah. I, I I have there's a certain set of principles I know, mm-hmm. right? And but I'm not going to mm-hmm. go over all of them during a presentation. And I don't have time to do that. And it's not going to benefit no. you because you're not going to remember all of them. Exactly. So if I take the temperature of the, I take the call it temperature of the audience one, mm-hmm. but also diagnosing the audience, then I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, these are the kind of the core things that people want to talk about. And I can mm-hmm. go up there and tailor it. I know the beginning. I know exactly. the end. Exactly. I just got to shape That's the it. middle to those That's principles it. that speak to the audience. So I've it's done that. Like I never thought. I never thought it was a thing. I just was. It, it's a thing. <laughs> That's the same way with the doctor. Mm-hmm. When he, when he, ask you what's okay what's ailing you today well i got a migraine or my stomach hurt or my shoulder whatever he don't tell you everything he knows about medicine (laughs) right dang i didn't think about that one either yeah (laughs) true true that true that he goes i mean it's like he's in there you waited an hour he's in there three minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) i still don't know what that but what that's about but i'm sure there's some psychological thing they're doing it it is oh yeah it is it is okay so you give it somebody, somebody, somebody. But you know what the sales right? part about that doctor, that that office visit is. Huh. The lobby's full. Yeah. He must be good. True that. True that. Because I don't. So what they like do is they set the appointment. All of the appointments will set around the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not spaced out. And most people just don't look. I look at everything from that, from a sales point of view, because I tell people, like with the book, everything is sales. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, was, that's what I was getting to it. Going, okay. leave, come, come right off the back of this. Coming up, no, right off the back of what you're saying here. Um, I want you before we go into the last couple of questions here. That's again more um fun type questions. Uh, the last two questions here then are um, going back to sales. We we'll have a practical tip that someone can work on 
right now to help them with their mm -hmm. sales and then maybe a long-term mm -hmm. strategy too that they can over time mm -hmm. will help them grow uh, grow in their sales capacity whatnot. yeah with sales is what i what i what i start out with people is basically we teach people in whether it's selling cars cell phones real estate you know houses whatever we teach them about the product but we don't teach them about the person about themselves and then we don't teach them about the person they're going to be selling to mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and what I also tell people, you have to understand what is sales. You know, it's just a transfer of your emotions about the product to the other person. And you don't, sales is not something you do to someone, it's something you do for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, when I'm talking about with sales as the, the genesis of, let's say you've never done it before, what I have to do is, like when I tell the people how to, is the reason I call the book, How to Sell Yourself, the reason I, I titled it that is because that was a lot of, you know, for me, you know, I want to say it wasn't pain, but it was just wanting to get the right, you know what I'm saying, hook. Because they right. tell you, you know, don't judge a book by a cover unless you're selling books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that cover needs to grab that person's attention. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted something that would say that. And I've had so many people say, well, I don't want to sell myself. I'm like, you're doing it no matter what. You want to get married? You got to sell yourself to your husband. You're going to be a good mother, take care of the kids. The husband got to sell you and I'm going to provide we all do it. Everybody does it, but we do it on an unconscious level. And what I have to tell people is this, when you're looking at sales and you're starting out, understand the principles of it. People buy from people they like, know, and trust. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with me, I just look at sales in a whole, I'm in a whole nother realm when it comes to it. So when I'm talking to somebody, one of the things I do is I sell me first. And basically how I do that is I get you to trust me. So no matter okay. what, when you ask me something, I show you. To give you an example, when you go to car dealership, they have the prices on what's called the window sticker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So early on, what I used to do is I used to memorize that sticker. So I know where everything was. You know, in the beginning, they have the horsepower. Then you have the interior. Then you have the exterior. Then you have the warranty. I know where everything. I mean, I'm talking about where one line is. I can look at you and point. Mm -hmm. I memorized it on every car. But that's what I used to do because I used to get to work three hours early. And that's a lot of things I did. So when a customer asked me, well, how many, what's the horsepower on this car? I would say 140 while I'm pointing at it. So I don't want you to believe me. I want you to believe that. And so we used to have stuff that was called an evidence manual. And it would have different competitive cars and stuff like that in it. And so when somebody asked me like a question, a I would. Blue Book or some whatever? Well, this was what's called, let's say you're looking at, I'm at a Honda dealership and uh -huh. you're comparing it to a Toyota. Okay. And so we had all the different comparisons mm -hmm. from the Honda and the Toyota. So when you asked me a question like that, well, what's the difference in the Honda and Toyota? I went and got the book and I opened it up and I turned it around and I, I just let you read it. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. So you were listening to me trying to sell you. I was giving you proof okay. of it. So now when I don't have anything physical to show you and you ask me, I've done so much physical. I've mm -hmm. showed you on the winter sticker. I've showed you in the brochure. I've showed you with the evidence manual. I've showed you consumer reports. I've showed you everything. Now when I tell you, you believe me. So okay. I literally got to the point where customers were asking me, Tim, is this a good deal? I said, yeah. And guess what? They believe me. And they mm -hmm. bought the car. Gotcha. So what... I have to, you know, then we, you know, it's other things, but it depends on the person, you know, if they've been in sales or whatever, but it's so many different dynamics of it. But with me, you know, I just studied the theory of sales, the psychology of sales, you know, to the point where I could literally 
have a customer in front of me and I would look at them and I could tell when they said no, if they were, if they believed they were saying no. Mm-hmm. And I would look at them, they would say, no, I will put a piece of paper in front of them for them to sign it. They would sign it. So they didn't even <laughs> believe they were saying no. Right. I've done that with so many they people. Did, but they felt limited. compelled, like they had to say, they I had have to, to say, say no. It. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's part of it. It's just like when you go into the mall, can I help you? Oh, no, I'm just looking. You may have a funeral or a wedding to go to. You mm-hmm. need some shoes or something. You come in there to get something. Five minutes later, you're like, why did nobody <laughs> ask me? <laughs> exactly. You just told me you're looking. So that's just a natural response. And what I tell people, if you're in that situation, if I'm at that company, that's just a star response. It's just you do it as monetary. You don't even, you not really want to say that. And after right. you say it, you think it's like when I coach people on eating habits. And they want to eat healthy, but when they go to Wendy's, they say, give me the double cheeseburger. But the whole time they were thinking, I want a salad, I want a salad. They get to the window. <laughs> and then guess what the guess what the window the teller, the person at the window says, hmm. Okay, do you want a biggie size? Yeah. Now you got you didn't just get some fries, you got the bigger fries. Yeah. Now you didn't just get the soda. Do you want a biggie size of soda? Yeah. But here's hmm. the thing, think about this. When you got to the window, why didn't you just say I want a biggie fry? Why didn't you just say I want it? Now the person at the window is reading the script. Mm-hmm. They memorize. They don't even know they're a salesperson. Wendy's yeah. understand the psychological part of it. You're not going to just say, I want a bigger whatever because of the money. But when you're asked, you're going to do it. So these companies understand the psychological of sales. We don't. Now I'm going to tell you about me. <laughs> when I go to Wendy's, I say, I want a sandwich or whatever, chicken sandwich, real chicken sandwich. Okay, yeah, boom. Now, when I get to the window, the lady says, well, you want to drink with that? Because I don't let her ask me at the, at the, um, the speaker. Mm-hmm. So when I get to the window, she said, you want to drink with that? I say, yeah, if it's free. I get a free one every time. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Now, now I got to try that, you know, the next time I It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, it's some more to that. Mm-hmm. Because it's a thing where you got to act like you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I used to teach yes. guys to get girls. And I yes. used to tell them, I knew for the phone crazy. number. I was, in, I was in my mind. I was like, I just had this conversation with my accountability partner this morning about what my grandpa <laughs> told me about dating. <laughs> that's what I heard you just say just now. Mm-hmm. That's it. Confidence. So you gotta, and that's, and that, that's actually a part of sales. Mm-hmm. It's called assume the sales. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And that's actually so that's something, something that I can definitely work on over. That's a more of a long-term thing. Not only learning the psychology of sales, but as a foundational principle is assuming that sale. And over time, mm-hmm. as I continue to learn mm-hmm. and study exactly. um, body language, understanding voice tonality, exactly. several times, looking yeah. and reading people, um, mm-hmm. I started learning. Mm-hmm. I got to assume the self in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then I started learning from there. I'm reading the right. person who I'm talking to. And they were actually, most people don't know this, one of the um, first is like sales 101, the first thing you have to learn is, and everybody I coach, 99% of the people do not do this. I have to tell them, you have to listen more than you speak. Mm-hmm. And I have so many people that I coach, they'll ask me a question, before I can answer it, they'll start talking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got it. And so by me looking at them, I'm like, okay, I got to teach you how to listen. And so what I do is a book I can give you. And then after you read that book, what I do is I actually tell you what I'm doing. And what I have a habit of is when I'm talking to a person, I don't care what I'm saying. If they start talking, I hit the brakes. It's like hitting the analog brakes. I automatically stop. I don't care what I'm talking about. If I'm talking to them and that person starts talking, I'll 
mm-hmm. but they don't know I'm actually training them to do that because psychologically we're followers of the follower. Yeah. That's to mm-hmm. our makeup. We follow, we have a habit of it. And if you want to try this, have the people, when they watch the video, have them try this and it's going to work. If they work at a company and it's people in the cubicles or whatever, have them go to lunch, go to Subway, whatever. The person that sees, they're going to ask you, where did you go to lunch? I say Subway. They're going to go to Subway. We're habitual creatures. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the office don't even know this. And so by me knowing it, I can train you that way because I'll start doing something. Eventually, you'll start doing something. You know what I'm saying? If you ever hung around a person, they start doing it, you start doing it. And so yeah. what most people don't even pay attention, they're <laughs> unconscious of this is actually happening. But I do this back in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Anywhere I went, I would go to Wendy's. Next thing you know, the guy that saw me or asked me whatever, when he go to lunch, he come back with Wendy's. Mm-hmm. But I've never been like that. That's what separated me. I'm an anomaly. I go where I want. I don't care where you went. I'm mm-hmm. going where I want. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I've never been like that. But that's been even in middle school. I've always been my own contrarian. I'm always <laughs> I like to call but myself I had a contrarian. How do I use? I had a lot of these attributes young, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was something that could actually help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like one thing I do when I teach and coach entrepreneurs, I tell them free is the way to pay. Free and is the way? Say that again? Free is the way to pay. Okay. So what I did in high school, my first business, I started, I was a junior in high school. I started DJing parties. Mm-hmm. And so for one of my birthdays, what I did was my grandparents asked me what I wanted. And I told them I wanted a stereo, you know, system. And, but they didn't know I was going to use that to go and do parties. So they went out, they took me to an electronic store. I bought two turntables, a mixture, some speakers, a cassette player, an amplifier. And I started doing parties for free. Mm-hmm. But what I did before that was when I got the equipment, I used to buy these tapes and they used to be TDK or Maxell tapes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I bought, you could get six, buy five, get one free. And they came in a package of six, mm-hmm. they were like $10, whatever. And so I would make these tapes and I would duplicate them. I would dub them and I would sell them at the school for $5. But what I did was I had ordered me some business cards and mm-hmm. the business card said, I do parties, cabarets, wedding reception, this, and I had a beeper. And I remember my beeper number, 334-304-2902. So I had <laughs> all these youngsters listening have no clue about dubbing, about cassette tapes, about beepers. But I know what you're talking about. You got to know your history. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would take one of the business cards and put it in the tape, and I would sell these tapes. And the people would take the, you know, the, the cassette out, and all this, this card would fall out. Mm-hmm. And so around the school, it started getting a little buzz. And so the girls, when they turned 16, hey, I want you to do my party. How much you charge? I said, I'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. So I did the first one for free. While I was doing the party, I had got so good. People at the party was asking me, how much do you charge? My birthday next week or my birthday next month. Mm-hmm. I would get my card and say, give me a call. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I would ask them questions. It didn't matter. I was going to charge you the same. How many people are going to be at the party? Where is it at? <laughs> what time is it going to start? What time? It didn't matter what you said. I was going to charge you the same. I was trying to sound professional. Like, yeah. they more questions. This is my price. I started out $50, then I went to $75, then I went to $100, and I went to $125, and then it just it snowballed from there. But what most people don't know is right now, I understand entrepreneurship, and now I started going up to car dealerships, and I would apply as a salesperson, mm-hmm. and they would hire me based on my credentials. They was like, yeah, why wouldn't we hire you? And when I go in, I would start selling, but I would start doing things that would just 
nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And so what they would do is they would ask me to train the other salespeople that they started hiring. And so when I was at Dodge, when they asked me to do that, I went in my briefcase and I pulled out my book. I said, well, you know, I wrote a book on sales, took it to my website, brought my LLC out. I said, I have a training company. Mm. What they didn't know was that's called going in the back door. So if I would have walked in and said, hey, I do sales training. Oh, no, we're not interested. But since I came in as a salesperson and they saw me doing it. And you made them money. I made them some money, which was a lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, you know, because I sold a lot and it was proof that I could do it and I could train. But mm-hmm. they didn't know I didn't come there to be a salesperson. I came there, but I had the understanding of how managers think. Mm-hmm. And they just have a habit of that. They'll say, I'll tell you no, without even listening to you. I could say, I'm coming here to give you a million dollars. Oh, no. And before they know it, they're like, wait a minute. It's just like you say, I, you know, I'm just looking. It's just, yep. they're just, it's just a natural reflex. And so when I went in there and I started training these guys, what they didn't know was once I figure out I reached my peak, I'm on to the next dealership. So I've worked at every manufacturer from A to Z, Acura, mm. Buick, Chevy, Dodge, Ford, Honda, Hyundai, every last one of them I've worked for. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's so much to unpack there, uh, but I know we got to start. We're at the point where we do that to start wrapping up. Um, but I, I do. St- I still. I still love that idea because. I definitely understand the whole uh, starting from getting starting free and going to the pay, but I hadn't looked at it in the way that you did, which is right. another right an, more evidence exactly. of you think of it this way. I'm gonna put my my business card on the window. I'm gonna be there on, on Sunday and hand out the card. So I just Take again it. evolution of that exactly. idea of doing for free. Exactly. Okay, I love it. I love it. I love it. Exactly. I absolutely love exactly. that. All right, so exactly. we gotta start wrapping up here. And I do have some questions <laughs> here. Um, that <laughs> we do. It's cool. Um, so the question I have here first off is, um, as someone that still does a lot of sales and so forth and selling your books, what would you consider, what would you give as your best book promotion tip? I know you've done several different ways of doing that. But yeah, what would you give as your best man, that's, that's another one that is so many. And what mm-hmm. I do is I have to answer it like this okay. because this is the way I'm answering it. Like the, the person is asking me that I'm coaching or whatever, or it's a room of entrepreneurs or whatever. It depends on the the business, okay. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yes. what I tell people is everything is sales, but sales is not a canned business. Mm. So you don't do the same thing for with everything that doesn't work with everybody. So if I'm coaching a guy that's got a landscaping business, a guy that's got a car detailing business and somebody that's a, a caterer, mm-hmm. I coach them all differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just the way my mind works, the creative juices, they start flowing and I can come up, I come up with ideas like this that'll help your business. It doesn't matter what it is. Because mm-hmm. what I have to tell people is everything is sales. Yeah. That's what they don't understand. Most people get into business, but they don't know their income is going to be based off of sales. Absolutely. They're going to have to I, get I, I just contracts. now started learning this, this idea. Yeah. I knew exactly. I needed to make money, but I didn't think exactly. about how the real impact of, I have to focus on the selling. Exactly. And so it's really easy now once you really understand it, so just to give an example, like what I'm doing now is you have to get into what I help my people with is leveraging. You know, a lot of people think they need to do everything, but yeah. like I've hired two marketing companies for my book. I have an online and an offline. Mm. I just signed a deal, which the bad thing was I signed it in March of last year. 
what happened March of last year. <laughs> yeah, we Do we remember? remember. <laughs> we never forget. We're not trying to remember right now, but exactly. yes, we're not going to forget. <laughs> exactly. I mean, right before it was like, what, what kind of time do I have? Mm-hmm. So we held off and we're going to start this year, but I have, I started to deal with it to tell you how God works. I self-published my book with Ingram Spark. Okay. Yep. Good stuff. Um, Universal Records is who I find the um, offline marketing. Really? Universal Records owns Ingrooves. Ingrooves owns Ingram Spark. I didn't know that. That's why I'm telling you that. What? I had no idea when I went to my my guy that's here. You know, he signed with Universal, which Uh they they do movies. They yeah, exactly. One, they that's what I'm like. That's with... nothing to do exactly. with. Exactly. <laughs> so my guy at the studio, he was like, I'm like, why is the studio so big? He's like, we, do, we shoot movies. I'm like, you shoot movies? I'm like, you're in Alabama. Samuel Jackson, John Travolta, Nicolas Cage. They shot the movie, the, the, the studio I'm with. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy. because I've been thinking about a movie for my book. Mm-hmm. So I'm with them. And then I have another team, which they do the online marketing. They're with, well, actually, the, the guy, he used to be out there in California, he was in the studio next to Dr. Dre. Okay. He left there and he went to Nashville, Tennessee, but mm-hmm. he started building websites for these rappers. Mm-hmm. And these rappers were going to the, you know, whoever's running the studio and they asked him who built your website. And the guy that helped me, he built it. So by him doing that, he started to deal with Warner Brothers. <laughs> okay. So I just happened to meet this guy at a car dealership. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I told him what I was doing, and he looked at all of my stuff. He was like, "Tim, I can really help you." He said, "Because you have everything." Mm-hmm. He said, "You got a bunch of websites, you got a bunch of videos, you got this, you got a book on Amazon." He said, "Man, I can put you out there. I won't get into the details of right. what he's gonna do, but this guy's a super genius." To one point, he told me, "He said we crashed some celebrity cell phones." <laughs> because we were sending so up. much traffic yeah. to get these rappers noticed to get their information out there they blocked us he said because we were crashing their cell phones he mm-hmm. said so we had to figure out how to dial back <laughs> so they can really he told me we can really promote you need a governor on this thing exactly right <laughs> and he said we he said don't worry about that he said because what we normally have to do when we get with somebody and the same the guy at universal records told me the same thing he said when we get with an artist we got to build them a website, tell them to do videos, tell them to get on Instagram, tell them to get on Facebook, make a Facebook fan page. He said, you have all of that. Mm-hmm. Guy Universal, he said, I can't even charge you like $3,000, what I normally charge. Mm-hmm. I don't have to build you websites and then shoot your YouTube videos. He said, you have all of that. Right. But what he didn't know was, I didn't want to come to nobody until I had that. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. same thing when I mentioned about my book. When I said, I don't want to go out and speak until I go and speak and I say, hey, I got a book. Mm-hmm. And then I started, people started asking me, well, where is it? It wasn't on Amazon. So I bagged back until I put it on Amazon. Now it's everywhere. Books a million, Barnes Noble, Walmart, Target, it's everywhere. Excellent. I love it. I love, I love that idea of you leveraging because, again, you talk, already talked about using editors, graphics, all that type of stuff to do those other mm-hmm. pieces where you're just creating the content you know, and they're making it beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when people say I can't mm-hmm. and they may not be able to edit a book, make a book cover, graphic, build a website. But it's so easy now to get freelancers and get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna right. give this one for free. I normally charge for some of this. I used to go to the university here. Mm-hmm. Took me a while to figure it out. The University of Alabama, I mean, South Alabama, mm-hmm. you can hire interns. 
on paid internship, oh non-paid okay. academic credit. Okay, I hired them and mine didn't even want to get paid. I had videographers shooting videos for me, editing videos, building websites for free. All right, God. All right, that's that's the third time in the last week that that's come up. In fact, my girl told me she's like, yes, my accountability <laughs> partner. She literally was like, you need to. It, it's coming down. They're they're scrambling around because school summer's about to come, and they need to find internships for the. So, all right, all right, all right. I'm listening. I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> right, so as we wrap it up here, we do some more of these uh, quick fire type fun type questions here towards the end here. I do appreciate you. All oh, the bars have been dropped upon us here today. Um, I want to ask you first off, what do you do on your days off that most people don't know about? I'm going to be honest with you. I read the questions. I tried to scan through them because I just checked the email today. Yeah. I, I don't know when you sent it. I've been had it. I don't know what's the 25th. I don't know when I got it. But I said, let me go in. I've been so busy. I just looked at it and I said, I mean, I know it was questions. I, mean, I can read and see what he's going to ask me. <laughs> and so I looked at them. I looked at that question. And some of them, I was like, when I looked at them, I was like, how am I going to answer some of these questions? I was thinking to myself, oh, man, because these are like some good questions. And I don't like just saying just an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to give you something that they can really, somebody can really use. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when you asked, when I read that question, I was like, most people that know me, mm-hmm. I'm just, this is the way I have to answer that question. I work. And I have to answer it like this. When I lived in Atlanta, my uncle and my cousin had a two-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. I slept on the couch for one month because their lease was about to be up. We got a three-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. When we got that three-bedroom apartment, they called me one day. We were living there, I don't know for how long, and asked me if I still lived there. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Of course I live there. They said, dude, we haven't seen you in two weeks. So I've been working. Mm-hmm. When I went to Atlanta, I worked two years, no day off. Seven days a week. But what they didn't know was they were looking at it like, okay, I'm working a job. I'm trying to get money because we were going to get our own apartment, which we did. But they didn't know I was writing a book. I'm sitting down. My, my friends and cousins were going to the strip club. I was hanging out at Ruby Tuesdays with a guy they had, or two guys. They had a real estate investment business. This guy had a financial business. And this other guy was a manager. Uh, okay. okay. Every weekend. I, okay. Okay. I was creating a mastermind different. group. Mm-hmm. What they didn't know, I got off of work. I went over to Ruby Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. would come home from work and go to Vegas nights or whatever downtown. Mm-hmm. They would go to Visions. They had the, they had the club mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm at Ruby Tuesdays, then I'm coming home. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, what okay, they didn't you. know was uh, is I'm working, but then when I get off from work, I'm back working. Got you. That makes sense. I make sense. I got you. I got you. I I I didn't learn I didn't learn that till later on. Um, so that's interesting. I saw I, it. I thought I'm about a, it, but yeah. but I wouldn't do it. You know I, what? I, I should go do this, but I'm gonna go over exactly. here. Exactly. Exactly. I man, let me tell you something. It's that <laughs> discipline. It takes yeah. that discipline. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people I'm allergic to sleep. I work 24 hours just like the Waffle House. <laughs> well, you can meet me at if you call me at 3 a.m. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, I so, do more work. Do I need to say that again? I no, do no, more no, you work. can say it again. You can say it again. I do more work, not you, but the guy. I do more work <laughs> while you're asleep than you do while you're awake. That's what's up. Love it. Not you, right, so t- but him. <laughs> him. <laughs> tell us what. Tell us what your favorite book, or if you need to, two or three favorite books there are. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. With with this, I have to say mine. It's gonna sound arrogant, but no, with no, this, I, I had just. 
you know, you, like I say, you talk to a person that all these years in school, I'm bad grades. I'm just knowing I'm not, you know, and not telling nobody I'm trying to hide it. I'm in class cheating, trying to get a good grade because I'm not doing homework. I'm not studying or whatever. And then the stuff I study, I don't really understand. I go to the board. I can't really figure it out. So what I tell people is this, you know, this is more for, I, I want, but one of the goals is, is this, a lot of us, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people don't know this. The average person, when they leave high school, the average person never pick up a book. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Most people read one book a year. Mm-hmm. And I knew this going into it, and I'm like, I'm going to write a book, duh, and try to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. But one of the goals was to inspire and motivate people that are thinking about it, okay. but they're on that fence, or they're saying, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. One of my goals was to say, okay, let me go do it. So now I know about, you know, book covers, ISBN numbers, barcodes. I know all of where to go get it. How does I know? So I had to go do it. So I can't say I can help you write one. I never written one, mm-hmm. but I know so much about it. I'm telling you, man, I have, it's just, just I studied so much because you got to realize when I lost it <laughs> from 2007 to 13, that's six years of just, I don't have it, but I'm still researching it. Mm-hmm. So I lived on a computer. So mm-hmm. I tell people this, you know, if you want to write a book, if you ever had that thought, because I've had people tell me, Tim, my book is at the editor. I need to go ahead and finish it. And they tell me they're going to finish it after I talk to them. Hmm. And that was one of my, I tell them, I say, that was one of the reasons why I wrote it. It's not the reason, because, you know, part of it was for me to say, okay, I accomplished it. Mm-hmm. But another part of it is just altruistic. That was for anybody else. If you ever thought about it, to help you understand, you have that thought for a reason, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and understand that your mind is like a garden. Your thoughts are like the seeds. You can either grow flowers or you can grow weeds. <laughs> wait a minute, whose rap is that? <laughs> you said wait a minute a lot. <laughs> you said whose rap is that? Bars? No, for real, for real. You got it. That's that's a little simple one. That's simple one. See, that's what I need to say to my daughter over and over again. <laughs> over so, and over again. Yeah, let again. Like repetition is the mother of success. Hmm? Yeah, repetition is the mother of success. Now, it took me years to really understand the importance of all of this. That's what I want to get people to understand. And this is I'm I'm really the opposite of if wherever you think or perceive, I'm not the type of person that I want to give you all of this knowledge or to prove that I have it. It's never been that. I have a problem with people struggling. So my capability is here. When I mm-hmm. see people struggling, I try to tell them, man, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I can help you. But the majority of the time, this is what I get. I meet somebody and they tell me after that, like I'm talking to you, wherever I'm at. And they say, man, you need to meet this such and such guy. Man, you and him need to meet. Y'all need to meet. Y'all think alike and y'all talk alike. So what they do is tell me, I say, tell me the person, who is it? So when they tell me, I grab my phone mm-hmm. and I say, okay. What's the, who is it? And I'm, they think I'm just looking at my phone. I'm looking for the person's number. I mm-hmm. call them and I hit speaker and I say, tell them who you're with. Guess what they say? Huh. Tim, the one that trained me. Huh? They tell me uh-huh. when I take my phone out and I call yeah. the other person that they're telling me I need to meet. Yeah. I, I hand them my phone oh. and I say, tell them, <laughs> tell them <laughs> what you just told me. And so they on the phone like, hey, man, I was just talking to Tim about you and this and this and this. I told him he needed to meet you. Well, Tim's the one that trained me. Mm-hmm. So he's telling me I need to meet this guy that's supposed to be this guy. I'm like, I'm the one that, but I'm no, I don't brag. 
and go around telling people, yeah, I taught him and I taught, no, the majority of these guys, they call me mm-hmm. because I'll sit down with this one guy that's wrote a book and I've helped him with his or this girl or whatever. And then they'll tell another person. And then I sit down with that person. Then that person tells another person. Mm-hmm. So the majority of people that speak, they just saw my video on YouTube on when I put it on Facebook, cause we're all in the same city. Yeah. We're all friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And everybody saying, yeah, I know the motivator. Yeah, this, this, this. My homeboy, which I've known him since probably about 95, 96, he opened up a car dealership. He called me. I didn't even know it. So I went over there to see him. He told me this girl he met said, you need to get the motivator to come over and help you. He said, I've been doing the motivator for 15 years. <laughs> he said, man, this girl telling me I need to see you. I've been knowing you. I know you more than she knows you. <laughs> and guess what? I never, I, I was supposed to coach this girl. She called me, but I never, I never met her. Mm-hmm. I just talked to her on the phone a couple of times. So this is just the way it works. Okay. Love it, love it, love it. Now, I know you've been dropping a bunch of little short quotes and quips and so forth. Is there a quote that you love um, that you would consider your favorites uh, or one of your Man, grandpas tell you if something. you want to? Hmm? Man, let me tell you something. I um, read that question mm-hmm. and I thought about it. And the only one that comes up a lot mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about something is Joseph Campbell's. The cave you fear, the inner holds the treasure you seek. Yeah. And I think about when I was in high school, not wanting to go to college because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that college was the catalyst, launching mm-hmm. pad that launched me. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like all of this, if my grandparents wouldn't have just tried to con me and saying, hey, we'll give you a car. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know where I'd be. Mm-hmm. And so guess what? It's so many people like that. You know, and there's a book, one of the books, um, I actually bought it and never read it. So I got the audio book of Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, that's what I do. I reach inside of you, pull that giant out and stand them up and say, that's you. Mm-hmm. But we're walking around like afraid to quit a job, afraid to go write a book. We're afraid. Why? We're afraid of what other people are going to think, mm-hmm. afraid Absolutely. to fail. Mm-hmm. What Michael Jordan said, he failed his way to success. He said, I missed 9,000 shots. I lost 26 game-winning shots. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, what I did was I failed more than you. Oprah, I failed more than you. Tyler Perry, Steve Harvey, they all say, I just, I failed more than you. Mm-hmm. But what we have to understand and faster. is failure. Yeah, but this is the thing. What they have to understand is failure is not a person. It's an event. Mm-hmm. If failure is not a person, when have you failed? You failed at that, but you're not a failure. Mm-hmm. But this is what we, that, you know what I'm saying? That monkey or whatever's in our head is telling us, you know what I'm saying? Of, oh man, don't do this. You can't do that. You, you failed last year. How are you going to do that? You know what I'm saying? But what you mm-hmm. got to do is like me, I look at failure. I just keep walking and failure is like this. I'm coming. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So make your fear, you make your Here failures you afraid of you. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what most people, you have to, they have to understand that. And it's like we say, with different people, you have to approach it different ways. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So is this last thing here. Um, there are some things that you want to definitely want to mention um, about where to uh, where to connect with you outside of this. But before mm-hmm. we get to that, before you share those links, I just want to make sure you go ahead mm-hmm. and close it out mm-hmm. strong here. Um, mm-hmm. What is this message that um, that you must share with the world? Just go ahead and it's your camera, it's your mic. Go ahead and share that message that you must share. Yeah, the message is this, man. What we have to get is to the essence. You know, you have to ask yourself, you know, if you want to do something whatever it is, and you, you say, and I can't, or I don't have time on this, 
What you have to do is find your why. Once you find your why you're doing it, your money is not, it's, it's very limited. You know what I'm saying? It's very limited and shallow because you can get money and lose it. This, this, this. But once you find your why, your why is what's going to keep you up at night. You can't sleep. You can't stop thinking about it. And that's why I am with this. That's why I say 3 a.m. Let's go. But you got most people, well, I got to go take it out this and this and this. I can't tell you plenty of times I've been on my laptop and, and wake up and I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's your why. And that's what most people are trying to figure out. Like when I try to coach them, Tim, I'm tired of doing this. I've been doing 25 years. I'm like, okay, what would you like to do? I don't know. And that's where we got to start with your why. And I tell people, my why, you can't put inside Empire State Building. It's that big. And that's what most people haven't found. You know what I'm saying? That goes back to, you know, your purpose. You know what I'm saying? But the problem we have is there's no school. Where do you go to get that? You can't go down to Walmart and where do you go to get, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's why I created, which is my website, the Motivator Academy. I created that to help you. You know what I'm saying? Because most people, what they do is they chase the money. You know what I'm saying? They chase, okay, it's a good job over here. I can make such and such. But you're leaving all of this out. Chase freedom. Mm-hmm. And what most people don't know is the majority of people in the United States and all over the world, they're interested in three things. What's that? And that's it. Money, mm-hmm. health, and relationships. Mm-hmm. And you ask them. They'll tell you this. I want to fix my credit. That's money. Mm-hmm. I want to start a business. I need some money. You know what I'm saying? Help. I want to abs. I want to lose my butt. I want big muscles. Mm-hmm. That's help. Mm-hmm. Or I got diabetes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then you got relationships. They want to bear a relationship with their creator, their spouse, their kid. Co-workers, friends, relatives. Themselves. That's all we want. Exactly. And this is what I studied, not even knowing I was studying this, but everything I went through, which I don't want to get into, which were some bad things I was doing in the streets along with everybody else, which I've never been in a game. Mm-hmm. But I had to ask, okay, why did you take me through all that? I could have got killed. I could have got whatever. Why did you take me through that? Well, I understand now mm-hmm. the why he took me through that. It was preparing me for where I'm at now. Everything you, you, you went through is for a reason, but mm-hmm. we don't know that. And that's where most people have to sit down with themselves and with somebody because we do not know the importance of a coach or a mentor or a trainer. But you think about the greatest. Ali had what? A trainer, a boxer yeah. trainer. Mike Tyson. Tiger Woods has what? A caddy. Everybody you think that's successful. Kobe, rest in peace, which I played basketball, so it's hard for me to even talk about him. But he said he never won this until Phil Jackson and us. You got to understand the importance of it. But school never taught us that. A lot of this, I'm saying school never taught us. They taught us how to memorize something. They didn't teach you how to think, how to read, write, remember it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't teach us about what I talk about the subconscious mind, the paradigm, and all these other things. That is the actual you, the essence of you. When I tell people, the biggest part of you, you'll never see. Hmm. That's hmm. you. Not the hair, the, like they get what they, the weave, the nails, the purse. You see people taking pictures, they got the Louis Vuitton purse, mm-hmm. or the Gucci, or the Chanel, or the Michael Kors, or the watch, or the, that's mm-hmm. not you. 
You know what I'm saying? And so we have to stop living externally. We have to start living internally, externally. But you have most people that live it externally and thinking that's going to make us happy. You're going to make, I'm going to make you think I'm somebody because I got the BMW and the Gucci purse and the Louis Vuitton. That's not it. That's not what it's about. But we get caught up in that. You see what I'm saying? And so when I go to help people, I have to tell them there's something you're not going to like. You're not going to like it. I'm going to tell you the truth. But if you want to be success, having all the time in the world, the freedom, that's the success. Love it. Love, love it. I know you put it in. I appreciate the, appreciate the time. I know you threw it in there, the Motivator Academy. Um, where can people go ahead and grab the book and other any other thing that you mm -hmm. wanted to put out here? Um, I know you yeah. also, I know you have the motivatorbook.com, you have the motivatoracademy.com. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. you got the clothing, motivator clothing. Yeah. Um, is there anything yeah. else that I know you, and you got the shirt on that you do, we didn't even really talk about that. The yeah. remove, uh, the remove the bad, move bad credit.com. Uh, where would you yeah. direct someone to, to go first when they're coming off of this social media, YouTube, what, where would you want to send them to? Yeah. The first place that I tell them to do is go to that number and call me because everybody's situation is different. Okay. And I said, 844-668-6788, go there first and call me. And based on your situation, what you're trying to do, I tell you to go to the website because we have videos on there. We have, uh, you know, the credit restoration. We got trade lines. We got the credit wipe, the credit suites. Um, we're going to get into business credit. But I tell them to go there first. But what I do that majority of people you find on YouTube that don't do as far as credit is I deal with the mental part of it. A lot of people don't know you have to develop the mental disciplines of getting away from instant gratification and get away from get into delayed gratification. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, instead of taking that check, going to the mall, pay the credit cards. Because most people don't know if you have a thousand dollar credit card and you max it out and you have a thousand dollar check and you pay that credit card off, you still have a thousand dollars. But most people do is, you know, I was talking to a lady a couple of days about this. She said, I've been telling my son that. Most people do is they have that, they look at it as a bill. So instead of them paying that credit card off or paying it down, they go to the mall and buy more stuff and this and this and this. Well, you have that obligation over there. You haven't, you know, fulfilled. So mm -hmm. it's not time to go there. But the thing about it is you can take that thousand dollars, pay the credit card, and you can still go to the mall. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? But yeah. that's why they have bad credit. It's just school didn't teach us this. And I just, I come at it from a different angle. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people, you know, you have to understand that once you get your credit and everything else straight, you can do whatever you want and buy whatever you want mm -hmm. instead of that temporary fix. And that's what it is. It's like somebody, you know, they're unhappy. They start eating a cheesecake or something. It's that mm -hmm. temporary, you know what I'm saying? They want to get that quick fix, you know what I'm saying? But they just haven't got around somebody that could coach them and train them on how to adopt delayed gratification. And once you get there, because I had to do it, it was for me. It was just, I was looking at these things like a bill and I want to spend the money on this. I work hard. I'm going to pay this bill for it. I want to go to the mall. We all been through that. But our problem, let me point at this color here, mm -hmm. this paint we got on us. Our mm -hmm. problem is, is our community that we live in. We see the cars and the, the wheels and the rims and the nice and this and this and this. And we just, that environment, and I tell people that, you know, environment is more important than heredity. So when you're in that environment, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And most people are doing that. Like, I'm going to give you an example. I don't want to take too long, but I had a customer call me at two in the morning. Mm -hmm. from Facebook, wanting to buy a car. I'm like, okay, I'll see you in the morning. And she's rambling around. I mean, she must have rambled for an hour, just talking, 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 talking. And I'm half asleep, just whatever, tired. And so the next day, her girlfriend brings her to the car dealership. 
and she got there just to tell me she was going to take that $300 and go get some hair and get her hair done. So the hair is 300 and she's got to pay the girl to do the weave or the braid or whatever she was going to get done. Her girlfriend that bought her up there was with her. She almost cussed her out. She said, girl, you're going to take this five, $600, whatever, and go and buy some hair and get your hair done. She said, this man trying to sell you a car so you can get to work. I'll get me a car and have a nappy head and get keep having my job and I get the hair later. I didn't even have to tell her. The girl told her. Yeah. But that's our thought process. Yeah. When it comes to credit and all that, she was she using that money to get hair. Mm-hmm. But she called me at two in the morning about a car. She don't have a car to get to work. Now she got her hair done, still have no car to get to work. So now you possibly or potentially gonna have your hair done unemployed. <laughs> but I look good on this couch. <laughs> That's where we live. So those are the dynamics we I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I got you. I, love it. I can go on and on. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. Well, Mr. Uh, Mr. Motivator, I appreciate your time here dropping all these bars on the wealthy author family. Man, this has been awesome. I appreciate the stories. Appreciate your time, brother. I'm gonna go to um, the motivator dash the motor dash Bader YouTube. Check me out. Dad, yep, definitely have it in, motor in the dash Bader on YouTube. Motivator Academy, all over. You just type that into Google. Yeah, yeah, I just type in M O T O R V A T O R. You're going to see all this stuff pop it's up. Everything. Sure, as in car, motivator. Everything. Excellent. Everything. Love it. Love it. I appreciate you, Tim. God bless, brother. You've just listened to episode number 53 of the Wealthy Author Podcast with your host, D. Orlando Fortune. That's your boy. That's me. <laughs> And I want to give thanks, of course, to our creator. Without him, uh, none of this is possible. And I ask you, do you have any questions, uh, comments, or suggestions for authors that you want me to interview? Go ahead and email them to fortune at thoughtfortunepress.com. That goes directly to me. Again, fortune at thoughtfortunepress.com. If I decide to use your your question, um, uh, answer your question on the show, or use one of the authors you suggest on the show. Definitely give some swag out to you. Got a couple different, a couple designs for you to chew pick, and we will send them out to you. Where you want to do the hoodie, or you want to do the t-shirt, or a cap. I'm I'm throwing a cap in there too because I'm starting to get these baseball cap things ideas. So I think there's only one design for that right now um, that I'm releasing, but we'll still have. I'm gonna throw that in there also. But two two designs for the shirts or hoodie. One of the, you get one or the other. Or you can jump on the hat and get be one of the first people to grab one of these caps, man. I'm about to get mine this weekend. All right. So with that being said, don't forget to grab a copy of my new book, The 4-Hour Book. In it, you'll learn how to write, publish, and profit from a signature book for your business. Purchase your copy at 4hourbook.com slash L-E-T-T-E-R. That's letter. 4hourbook.com forward slash letter. And if you like the show, do us a favor, y'all. Share, like, and join. Take a screenshot and share the episode with the hashtag Wealthy Author Podcast. And then show us how much you like us by giving us a review on iTunes and subscribing to the show. Both of those actions will help this show get out to more people who need to hear what it's like to be an author or just hear the messages that the authors I bring on here are sharing about their expertise and how they are not only just 
uh, we're using a book, but also actually helping people. That's what we're about here. What a wealthy is about a wealthy author is about. So finally, join the conversation in the free Facebook group, Wealthy Author Community. Go to Wealthy Author Community out there in Facebook and um, drop a question, drop comments. Yeah, just just join the conversation out there. Post um, some things in there just from time to time about that's on my mind and then in the becoming an author and what it looks like and they guys can also give me ideas for more content so if you have some stuff you want to have answered and you don't want to be announced on the show jump in the wealthy author community drop your question in there and see if you end up um getting your question answered and on the live stream all right so that being said y'all you can be you can be you can have anything you want in this world you just want to believe you can live a life of no doubt just blessings and i will show you Less than the only one book away from the next breakthrough in life and business. Talk to you next time.